Hey, this is Steven Crowder with Louder with Crowder to tell you about one of my favorite sites on the web, AR15.com. I know you hear AR15 saying, isn't that the scary black rifle? It is, but AR15.com is actually the best website if you want a community from which to learn about how to care for your gun, gun safety, where to find concealed permits, courses, as well as the best online gun store in the business. I'm talking ammo, accessories, upgrades, all of it can be found at AR15.com. That's AR15.com. For the Motor City Maniac, the wit from the mitt, the Great Lakes Grandmaster, the Motown Madman, the Mittens Killer Kitten. We ran out of nicknames. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good week, good day, good everything. Because today could be the day that Steven Crowder checks out. That's what we are looking at today. You are listening to Louder with Crowder, as always, your host, Steven Crowder, assisted by my lovely Fun Dip. Good morning, Fun Dip. Today, wearing a taffeta dress. (laughs) (laughs) Every time you call me lovely, I picture myself wearing something that Vanna White would wear. I, the fact that you picture yourself that way on a regular basis is is not healthy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty special looking. Yeah, well, you are pretty special pretty looking. Special. Am, I co- am I coming in well here with the, uh, you're, you're the satellite bit, audio? You're, you're a little bit distorted today. but Really? Yeah, yeah. I have no idea why I would be distorted. Well, we'll have to fool around with this before we have the, uh, the terrorist gentleman on. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> terrorist gentleman, that's an oxymoron. I don't think it's an oxymoron. I, I, you know, listen. So we have a lot to get into today. Is it really distorted? Is it that bad? It's a little bit better now. Whatever you tweaked. Okay. Well, I can always bring down my levels, and you can bring it up from your end. So we'll play with it at the break. But stop ruining my show, Fun Dip. You're the one that did it. That's true. I was born. I ruined my show. <laughs> so for those of you listening, we are going to have Imam Shootery on today. Shudri, Shoudri, I don't know how you pronounce it. And then Dean Kane, Superman from Lois and Clark. This is like a legit show, Fun Dip. Fascinating, Captain. <laughs> You're the most insubordinate, disrespectful sidekick in radio. I if try. I could, I'd fire you. <laughs> I would just, I, I don't know how to fire you. I don't even know if it's possible. You're like a... a, a barnacle crustacean stuck to the bottom of the wham ship i am the gatekeeper without me (laughs) there is no show well there would be the show online but there would be no wham they wouldn't survive without you there i do love being me (laughs) sometimes so we do we have imam shudari a man who's a famous imam from london who does believe that all non-muslims should be killed uh we've decided that listen I've, i've talked about islam for for weeks, for months on this show, obviously online, and uh, I want to give them the opportunity to speak for themselves. So we're going to have this gentleman on, and hopefully it'll be a, a, a civil conversation with a would-be terrorist, and then we will have... I, I, the, can't, I can't abide having you call him a gentleman when he's a terrorist. Okay, well, you can say that to him on air. 
we're we're gonna have this bugger on. <laughs> well, I, I I do think that a lot of people have had him on before, and the real problem is that um, they haven't asked the right questions. Oh, Riley was trying to. I heard him uh, talk to him, and he was trying to ask the right questions, but the guy was not moving. No, it's not that. It's that they ask, you know, the basic, well, you know, what do you think about terrorism? They don't ask him the, the, the root questions of Muhammad and Allah and jihad and, and why so many virgins in heaven and all of these questions that theologically, I think, should be more enlightening to the listener than just, you're a terrorist. We're America. You know, we want to actually have a discussion where hopefully we can learn something. We have a good, good long segment with this, uh, this bugger as, um, as Fun Dip calls him, he'll be on for a few segments. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And then we will have Dean Kane on, who a lot of people you don't know, um, good friends with Chris Kyle, the American sniper. And Michael Moore and Seth Rogen put out some tweets this week disrespecting the American sniper, saying that the film was a propaganda film. Michael Moore said that American snipers are cowards, and Dean Kane threatened to kick their ass. And, and he can uh, do it because he's from Krypton. Yes. Yes, he is. He's actually, he went to Princeton and was like drafted for the NFL before he blew out his knee, I think. Man, I thought he went to Smallville High. So, I know. Your world's coming unglued. What am I going to do? Next thing you're going to tell me that Lois is not real. Well, parts of her. Parts of her are not real? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we have him on. He's going to talk about the American Sniper controversy how much time he spent with Chris Kyle, the, the pervasiveness of the left in Hollywood. And, uh, of course, uh, Officer Wilson looks like no charges will be brought on him. So there's a lot to get into the news today, but this is going to be a great time. And then in the third hour, we are going to have analysis on the conversation with Imam Shudri, uh, with my good friend Gerald Morgan, who's an Islamic uh, scholar and apologist. And I thought about having him on with, you know, with Imam, but... Um, I thought it wouldn't be fair. I never want to do the thing where I gang up on somebody. So I figure afterward I'll have someone from the other side analyze the conversation. But you, Don't you think that's – You've been ganged up on before. I mean over on the uh, west side of the state. I think it's only fair. Or I guess that was the state capital, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, that was like 5,000 and me. So, so, you know, turnabout would be fair play every now and again. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I – um. I just try and I, I really don't ever want to be a bully. And even in the face of a man who calls for the death of all non-Muslims, I don't want to be a bully. I want to give the guy – people say, well, why would you have him on your show? I would have Hitler on my show. If this were Nazi Germany and Hitler was like, I'm a fan of Lodewitz Crowder. But you know what? I would play Springtime for Hitler as the bumper music for him. <laughs> Springtime for Hitler, for Hitler and Germany. Germany. That would be killer. That's pretty good harmony we had going on there. Oh, not too bad, yeah. Um, I would. I would have Hitler on. I would have Stalin on. I would have any of those people on my show. Because it's not, I'm not a soldier. My job is not to kill them. My job is to give you, the listener, as much information as possible and, and let you make your own decisions. And, and to yeah, mock opinion them. Show I, give. I didn't hear what you said. What? And to mock them. Yes, and to mock them. Ridicule is a very powerful tool. But I think... Um, I think we'll see what happens with this with this gentleman. Uh, Imam Shudri is going to be here after the break. So, Fundip, let's roll this one quickly. We will go to the break. When we come back, Imam Shudri. 
You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham Talk 1600. You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham Talk 1600. Good morning. You are listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham Talk 1600. Let's head back live via the magic of satellites and stuff to Stephen Crowder. Oh. Dang it! Yeah, we didn't get the we didn't get the general uh, gentleman imam on yet. I was trying to get him on the line and he wasn't uh, answering. So, uh, we have to carry this through thirty before we get him on, or can we? You can certainly try to get him on in the middle of our conversation. That's no sweat. It'll. That's it. You might be dialing a phone on the radio, but you know. Yeah, let me see here if I can get this gentleman on. It might not be the. <laughs> it might not be quite so kosher, but. Uh, halal, I guess I should say, with this gentleman. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Can you hear those <laughs> bumping in? Yeah, I can. I can hear the uh, the phone dialing up here. Never so mind. All right, right, we'll bring him in after the half hour. He probably doesn't deserve more than half an hour. That'll work. Did I tell you what happened to me last night, two o'clock in the morning? Um, not many good conversations start out this way, but let's let's go with it. I get puked on. Oh, by a cat or by your son? My, my kid. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So How? All of a sudden, I woke up, and I'm like, what is going on here? And so I, I turned on the light, and Ben was not look. He was, like, all green. So we had, to, we had to tidy up and get things taken care of and get him all cleaned up. But uh, the joys of parenthood. You so, sleep someday, with your son? Uh, sometimes he'll curl up with me. Sometimes he'll curl up with Mom. It just depends upon, you know, how he's feeling on any given day. You know, sometimes he's on his own. But you, you never know who you're going to wake up next to. You could wake up with three cats. You could wake up with your kid. Somebody's crawling in there at some point. I'd, I'd wake up taking myself out if there were that many people in my bed. <laughs> I am very, my bed is my safe place. It's for two things, and one of them is sleeping. And the other one is reading. Yes, the other <laughs> one is reading. Okay, so uh, Anjem Choudhury, or is it Chowdhury? Chowdhury. That seems wrong to me. Uh, he's a gentleman we are going to have on after this break. Once I can work this phone call out, uh, he believes in complete Muslim world domination. He believes in a caliphate. He defends crucifixion and stoning. He defended the Paris, uh, the Paris attacks. He wants a ban on alcohol. He believes in Sharia law. Uh, there's just so much that I disagree with with this guy. But what I do appreciate is that he's honest. I do appreciate that he's honest in that he says, I am following the teachings of Muhammad. I'm not whitewashing this religion. I just believe in, oh, my wife is mad. She's texting me. Stop calling him a gentleman. I see. I said the same thing. Yeah, I know. You're right. Yeah. Okay. I just, you know, I just don't want to insult him too badly before he comes on the air. But afterward, it'll be fine. No, on the air, it's fine. Listen, I mean, when have you ever seen me speak differently about someone than I would speak to them? I'm, I'm pretty genuine with that. 
As far as I can tell, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't go like, hey, man, hey, kid, you're the best. No one can touch you. And then I leave like, that guy was an ass. You know, that never happens. Yeah. I'll just tell That's the guy. That's more of like you know, what I, the old jaded guy like I would do. Right. See, I don't stab people in the back. I say, hey, don't turn around because I'm going to put this knife in you. And then if they turn around and I stab them, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not my fault. At least they're aware of it. At least they're aware of it. I mean, usually I just try and, you know, I stab, stab them right them. in the face. Yeah, right in the face. Right in the kisser. Pow, see? I'm up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know what the other thing was? I started drawing pictures of Mo Howard because I wanted to support, you know, all of the, the cartoonists and stuff like that. And I realized it wasn't Mo Howard that people were upset about. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Sorry, I just hit the mic with my headphones. That's terrible. That's terrible what, joke. So I should start drawing curly? God. Oh, you live a very sad, strange life. You know, the thing is, you need to plaster that outside the studio. You can't just put it up on your little Bristol board. Well, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not willing to risk, you know, anybody out in the public knowing what a jerk I am. It's, you're not a jerk. There's nothing jerky about... Here's the thing. You can draw Jesus all you want, and I won't care. Here's, you know what? And, and I know... So you're agnostic. Yeah. I'm obviously a Christian. I believe... Of course, that it's in everyone's best interest to accept Christ. I would love for you to do so, Fundip. And I used I, to. What was that? I used to. Doesn't that count? Well, you know, it depends. A lot of people believe, and that gets into Christian theology, once saved, always saved, unless there's a proactive yeah. rejection of Christ. Uh, a crisis of faith, as you seem to be having, doesn't you know, necessarily warrant hell. How about if it lasts 20 years? 20 years? Has it been 20 years that you're, you've... About, yeah, about 95, yeah, 2005. Yeah, but we're working on you. And here's the thing. You have every right to not, and you have every right to draw Jesus. You have every right to make horrible, disgusting depictions of Jesus if you want to, and I don't have the right to kill you. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I I, I think I would have a more difficult time uh, drawing him in bad taste and then i would uh muhammad in bad taste though why probably because of three years of catholic school and doing that you know in the backs of the books and getting whacked with the ruler by the nuns you got hit by nuns with rulers all kinds of horrible things by the way i'm getting messages from our listeners online saying it's a little distorted yeah well that, i typed that to you underneath your picture here as well i'm distorted yeah you're a little distorted if I bring that down, does that change anything? That sounds nice and smooth. It sounds nice and smooth. Okay, well, yeah. then you just need to bring me up volume-wise, unless it's already fine. Yeah, your your levels uh, look pretty good. The I think the distortion hits before the compression of the, uh, the media at which we transmit okay. you. But it sounds good now? Yeah, it, it sounds better. I mean, you still sound like you, but, you know, it's not too bad. But it sounds butter smooth as far as the actual technical side. Yeah. Yeah. Now I want some toast. You just—what is it with you? You said butter. Yeah, I said butter. You know, I'm hungry. Yeah, you're always hungry. If you, you should. If you were me, wouldn't you always be hungry too? You should. You should seek counseling. <laughs> hey, I've got a meeting with a nutritionist in March. Oh, in March, great. Good well, for that's you. A, that's, that's as soon as they could get me in. A nutritionist just, and an endocrinologist in March. Let's pray you make it. So the Paris attacks are, are something. Well, let's just sort of introduce here the in imam February. a little bit more. Uh, believes that adultery and sodomy should merit death. 
believes there are no such thing as moderate Muslims. Um, he openly says that Islam needs submission, not peace. And that's actually true. Nothing he's saying here, though, here's the thing. Nothing he's saying is inaccurate. It's certainly not an inaccurate depiction of what Muhammad presented Islam to be. So I do personally believe that his views are much more in line with the mainstream Muslim Arabic world. Yeah, he seems to line up with the uh, the Quran that I bought that one time when Matt Clark and I went to a uh, uh, Dearborn to check it out. Don't lie. You didn't read that thing. Yeah, I, I read, I would say, probably about the first hundred pages. It is just a slog, though, man. It is such poorly written fiction. I know. It's like trying to read the Old Testament. It just doesn't move. There's no narrative. Well, actually, at least the Old Testament has a chronological sort of order and context. That I did appreciate when I I read that. That wasn't too bad as far as that goes. There were a lot of begats, though, and you lose your place. I'm like, who begat who? Whom? Yeah. Well, there was a lot of practice going on back then with the begatting. Oh, yeah. And you don't hear about the daughters. No, no, they only talk about the sons. Oh, yeah, they totally leave the daughters out. It's a drag. Yeah, well, I mean, how much more begatting was going on? Oh, yeah, one can only speculate. Let's say there's 12 sons. You know they had a few women in there somewhere. And, I mean, you know, that's one of those things we talk about. Before Jesus, there really were no modern feminists. Moses believed in treating women well, but Jesus was the only one who essentially commanded people to be good to your wives. Um, he was the first feminist, really. And some people got mad when I tweeted that out. Jesus was effectively the first feminist. He was the first guy in that time in history to say, hey, women, submit to your husbands. But men, this means be good to your wives. Elevate your wives. He you even know, treated uh, you know, street urchin women well, which I thought was pretty cool. You know, When you read about that, you go, this is e- even if you don't know for sure whether or not he was who he says he was, he was a darn nice guy. Yeah, that's always what I say. I mean, if you just compare him as a historical figure, you know, never waged a war, never killed anybody, never beat his wife, didn't have multiple wives. Muhammad did all of those things, and he he beat the tar out of a nine-year-old girl who was his wife. Think about that. Jeez, I don't want to. That's not a nice thing to think about. Eh, I guess it is if you're a practicing Muslim. Yeah, valid point. It's like uh, Legoland. Oh, did you see that Lego movie? I did. I liked it. I liked the Lego movie. You didn't like the Lego movie? It was exhausting. All I could picture the whole time I'm watching it, all I could picture was how sore my feet would be. Why why would your feet be sore? I don't understand. I've had two children who leave Legos on the floor. Oh, okay. You're talking about like going on full Marv Home Alone, stepping on the micro machines. Oh, yeah. Ow. That would be a funny that would be a funny uh, funny sketch to do. Muhammad, like with kids, and they're just leaving their Legos and micro machines everywhere. <laughs> and he steps on one and he just jihads them. Gosh, I can't imagine being the son of someone who's working for ISIS, or or Muhammad, or this guy. Can you imagine being a, that's your dad? Oh, just yeah. think about that for a second. That's so your dad. dad. What, what'd you do at work today, Dad? Well, son, I did this and this and this. I've got video of it. We're posting it. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't laugh at that. It's just horrible. This, this show takes a weird turn very quickly. <laughs> very very first depressing segment. first half hour, isn't it? <laughs> 
All right. Well, we are going to be taking a break relatively soon. So it, it's jamming now. It's jamming. Well, I, I'm just... We're going to bring on Imam Shoudhury after the break and uh, hear what he has to say about Islam, about the caliphate, and about Americans in Islam and what you deserve. Lada with Crowder. We'll be right back. I'm a Everyone does love to dance to a happy song. I know I do. I know Fundip does. And hopefully our next guest, who's been kind enough to come on the show, um, Imam Anjim Chowdhury. Thank you for being on the show, sir. Yes, uh, thank you for having me on. No, we're, we're glad to have you. So uh, you were you were very quick, actually, in your response to do the show, which I was I was kind of surprised considering... I'm sure you know that I've been critical of Islam uh, in the past. What was your reasoning to just want to come on and, and discuss right away? Are you just open to do it, doing every program you can and getting the word out? Actually, I hadn't heard of your show before I was contacted. Uh, that may come as a surprise to you. But uh, in general, I believe that... It comes uh, as no surprise to me. Yeah, it comes well, as... No... I believe through... I, I believe through debate and discussion, we can reach the truth. I mean, you know, there are many people who didn't agree with the prophets of uh, of God, you know, over the uh, generations, sure. and yet um, they changed their own lives. Okay. So do you consider yourself a, a, a prophet of God? <laughs> no, not at all, but no. I'm, a, I'm a follower of the prophets, but they are obviously okay. our best examples. Okay. So let me ask you this. I, I want to be fair. Um, Imam, Anjam, what do you prefer? Anjam is good enough for me. Anjam, okay, great. So of the over, you know, one billion Muslims in the world, how representative do you think your view of Islam is to be? Would you consider it in line relatively with the mainstream thought in, uh, in, Arab, in Arab Muslim countries? Well, the problem that we face is that uh, in the kind of one and a half billion Muslims that we have nowadays, they are divided into about 55 nations, and none of those nations implement the whole of the Sharia. Now, what that entails is that there is no education system of Islam nowadays in Muslim countries, and therefore the vast majority of the people are very secular, and uh, they don't really practice, I suppose, it's quite similar to Christianity. Right, so That's would you... What I, say, uh, what, what, I, what I essentially say, I'm sorry, what I essentially say is don't judge me according to what the people say, judge the statements according to the divine revelation, because that is surely the arbiter. Sure. So you would say, I don't want to misrepresent you, for example, I would say that there are a lot of people out there who claim to be Christian, but they're out doing drugs, partying, they're checking the Christian default box. You would say that of many Muslims who don't really believe the teachings that you follow. You would say they're secular Muslims, more or less. Well, well absolutely, yeah. I mean, this is the problem, that uh, it's very easy to claim something, and right. Islam is a great religion, but not every, every single person necessarily understands okay. it and uh, or practices it. Well, let me ask you this. Since you brought it up, uh, who carries out Sharia in the world most closely to your beliefs? What resembles your view, ideally, most closely right now? Which country? Well, I don't think any of them do, quite frankly, but I believe that uh, what is the project 
in uh, Syria and Iraq and places in Mali, Somalia, Afghanistan, etc., are doing quite well. <clears throat> but, of course, you know, human beings make mistakes, and the best among them are those who ask forgiveness and change. So Syria, Iraq, so ISIS, you think, is, is doing a bang-up job? Well, I think that ISIS uh, don't exist anymore, in fact. I mean, to be fair, they dissolved in June 2014. What you have today is a, a collection of different organizations and individuals and scholars who make up the administration. And suddenly, you know, they've yeah. made mistakes. But I think that internally, they're implementing yeah. the Sharia. They're providing the basic needs for the people. Sure. And uh, they're doing many, their best. Yeah, many would consider genocide a mistake. Let me get to the Paris attacks here. You, uh, I don't want to misrepresent you, didn't quite defend the Paris attacks, or maybe did you? You justified them. Why? Actually, you know, I didn't just justify them. What I did, I explained the mindset of people who would carry this out. Because, okay, so uh, can you condemn you them know, then? Can you condemn them then, well, giving you the chance to? Well, well, I mean, if you just allow me to explain one thing, that uh, insulting the honor of any prophet of God, whether that be Jesus or Moses or indeed Muhammad, uh, carries capital punishment in Islam. And what I was basically saying is that this is the job of the state. But uh, do you see that as a problem? To, uh, a let me ask yep. you an actual question. Do you see a problem with that? Because let me tell you, that, I mean, do you notice there's no yep. other religion in the world? You can make fun of Jesus all you want. I don't care. Go live your life. Fun dip, my producer here is an agnostic atheist. The only religion in the world is is your version of Islam, which you claim to be the true version, that would bring death to someone simply for not accepting the prophet. What kind of a god would would, would treat yeah. people that way, not give them that choice? And and it's face you know, face uh, this religion, accept it or death. Well, I would make two points there. First of all, that there are values which you will fight for and even die for. I mean, obviously there is uh, capital punishment in America. You have the gas chamber, etc. So there are things which carry the death penalty. Not for drawing a picture. Not for, not for drawing a but, picture. Not I'm for coming on. I'm coming on to that. But what I would say to you is, obviously, there are different values which people consider a matter of life and death. And for us, the sanctity of any prophet of God and the Quran is that. And what I would say to you is that if you don't accept, accept the inimitability of the Quran and the messengership of Muhammad, obviously, you're not going to understand that. But no. as a Muslim, we do understand that. Well, and just like, yes. obviously, you know, you don't understand freedom. I guess you don't believe in freedom. Well, I should, you'd be surprised. I, I mean, I, I do understand. Okay, so I do understand freedom because I, I was born. I was born in Britain. I've just turned forty-eight years old. I'm a lawyer by profession, actually, and I teach comparative law, English, and Sharia law. So I think I understand freedom, freedom pretty well. Do you believe in freedom of speech? Do you believe someone should be able to drop? I believe. Or I, believe and live? I believe that. Um, I believe there's no such thing as freedom of speech. What we have is uh, uh, that Allah created for us a tongue. There you go. So your lawyer. And, uh, the restriction. No, 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 the restriction. Hold on. Hold on. It's not fair for you to say that. Say I'm a lawyer, but you're a lawyer who doesn't believe in the freedom of speech. So we have a fundamental difference. Let me ask you this: How weak? is your God that he can't handle an insult from someone like me? Why, why would your God be offended by someone as minuscule as me drawing a picture of Muhammad? You can see why the people yeah. who aren't Muslim, they go, wow, that's, that's a pretty weak God. Mm. Well, I, I, let me just come on to that in just one moment. I was just about to say that uh, obviously your speech is curtailed. Now, either it's curtailed by divine law or it's curtailed by man-made law. You obviously have incitement and hatred laws and sedition laws and anti-Semitism laws. So we both agree that you can speak, but there are restrictions. Now, so in we terms don't, we of... Both agree. Insulting, we both agree. I don't believe in hate speech laws. I don't believe in hate <clears throat> speech laws, period. 
Yes, but I mean, you agree that there should be some restriction to people speaking. No. For example, no. I'm sure you would say that you can't shout fire in a crowded theatre. Well, you mean the kind of thing that you do, where you call the t- for the death of... Yes, well, so the point is that we agree that there should be some restrictions on speech. No, no, The question is, who, to whom That's does sovereignty threat. belong? It's a threat. That's not free speech. See, well, we'll fundamentally disagree on that. There's no way we can come to terms, because I don't even believe in hate speech laws. You're talking to someone who, yeah. at the very least... And by the way, I appreciate this about you. You're honest, and you're consistent. I have to be honest, and I have to be consistent. There's one thing I would like to talk about. Since we haven't outright condemned the Paris attacks, um, let me do this. Let me close that topic on this. I've been very outspoken against Muhammad. Um, I have talked about why I believe... Listen, I'm a Christian. I believe him to be a false prophet, personally. And I have spoken about him in a way that many Muslims would consider mocking or dishonoring. Do I deserve to die? Well, actually, I don't think there's any problem with someone disagreeing. And indeed, the Christians in the time of the prophet, no, no, indeed, you know, many, of them, did, many I... of them did not accept that. But there is a difference, if you just allow me to finish, there is a difference between disagreeing with something, not believing that he's a prophet of God, and deliberately insulting him or making caricatures, which are, you know, insulting and, and designed to provoke. I've done that. Do I deserve to be killed? I've done all those things. Do I deserve to be killed? Well, I don't know about your history, and I don't know about what you've done. I've only heard about your show when I was invited onto it, so I'm afraid I can't really answer that question here. I dressed up as Muhammad and performed a Three Stooges routine with my two young wives, one of whom was actually nine, to mimic Aisha. Do I deserve to die? Well, you know, you would need to be uh, accounted in a Sharia court. The evidence would need to be presented. I can't pass the verdict here on your show, but definitely insulting the honor in general. That's capital punishment. Any pictures. Okay, so there's capital punishment. Drawing any pictures of Muhammad, capital punishment. There we go. That was the answer. Not not necessarily, not necessarily, because the thing is there's a difference between uh, drawing something and uh, assuming by the individual that he's doing something noteworthy or something respectable and not understanding that you cannot draw. And obviously what uh, this uh, Charlie Hebdo did, I don't know if you saw any of the drawings, but they were extremely nasty and very hateful. And I think that anyone would be offended if you're a Muslim, even a non-Muslim. Um... I would agree with you that they were nasty. I, I wouldn't agree that everyone would be offended. Someone, I mean, they did that. You know what we call the, uh, the, the, the P-Christ was a famous piece of art. And you know what Christians did? Ah, we kind of don't like this. And they, they, they turned away from it. Um, can, I, can I just make one, one, one other yes. small point? That, you know, I mean, there is often this argument that, you know, because they're doing it to everyone, it's justifiable. And I don't think that is the case. I mean, if someone's committed a crime with one person, it doesn't mean that because he's doing it with everyone, it becomes justifiable. I think that we need to control our tongue. We need to have respect for each other. And ultimately, I think the world would be a much more safer place if that were the case. Oh, see, but see, there's that, that veiled threat at the end. The world would be a much safer place. I think we should be honest of each other. Uh, civil, sure, but I don't think that should have any effect on safety, whether someone makes fun of a prophet or not. That's where I disagree. Yeah, but uh, if you know that other people have uh, uh, the sanctity of the prophet as a matter of life and death in their own belief, then obviously exactly. that is something that we must take into consideration. Now, you may differ with that, but that is the situation with Muslims. No, I agree. The, the situation, as you've spoken before, is convert, uh, convert or die. And um, No, it's not. Just, no, it's not. Yes, you, can it become, you can become, you can become, look, 
I mean, you know, you may know in the heart of Europe for 800 years, the Jews, Muslims and Christians went side by side. It was never the case of forcing the Christians or Jews to become Muslim. They were quite happy. And in fact, it was the Christian hegemony under Queen Isabella and King Ferdinand that led the Jews to run to the Islamic State in Africa for protection. Yeah. Actually, it's funny enough, in the Middle East, there's one place where Muslims live freely and open to practice religion as they choose, and that's Israel, and that's a big irony of our time. That's let me not ask actually this. That's not let me, actually let me ask you this. Because your houses, your houses are being bulldozed down, and you're being turfed out of your home. There are you know, millions of refugees because of the hegemony of the occupying Jews. Let me ask you this. You talk about them living in peace. So, okay, let's take that premise. You, If you talk about living in peace, me as a Christian living under Sharia, right— I wouldn't have to pay any kind of a tax or anything like that, right? We would have the exact same rights as citizens. We would be treated zero differently, just like in America, right? Actually, you know, the difference is that Islam treats your core beliefs, so you would not have to pay zakat. You would not have to pray five times. You would not have to make a pilgrimage to Mecca. And, uh, you know, many of the things which are incumbent upon Muslims would not be incumbent upon non-Muslims. You would never be asked to join the army to protect the citizens. But I would have to pay You would have to pay the jizya. The jizya, incidentally, mm-hmm. is much less than the Muslims pay in terms of zakat. You would be able to practice your religion in your church, in your homes. And, you know, nobody's going to be spying on you in, that, in, in, your, in your own private places. But definitely the law of the land in the public arena would be sharia. Right. And that law of the land would result in the killing of a lot of Christians or Jews who weren't willing to be. No, 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 it wouldn't. I don't. I don't believe so because you know, if you look, if you look, if you look at the statements of the Prophet, even on his deathbed, he said, "Whoever harms within me, i.e., a non-Muslim citizen, he said he harms me, and I will be a plaintiff against him on the day of judgment." He said, "Whoever kills one." You know, without any uh, any justification, he will never smell the paradise. So, you know, these are protected people under the Sharia. Now, what people may do is not uh, a reflection necessarily of what the divine law says. Okay, I have two questions for you, because I want to give you the chance to speak, but I know you're also rushed for time to prepare for your, your Friday prayers, um, and I want to be respectful of that. What about ISIS and the crucifixion of Christians? Where does that fall? There's nothing called crucifixion, crucifixion of Christians, but what we do have, if you look in the Qur'an, in chapter 5, verse 33, what Allah said in the Qur'an, and I'm paraphrasing, is that those people who violate the public sanctity, in other words, for example, going around in gangs, raping, pillaging, etc., they have capital punishment, like and their punishment could be crucifixion, or it could be cutting their hand and leg from opposite directions. This is what it says in the Qur'an, you can read that for yourself. Okay. That's fair. Uh, now, listen, I, wanna, I also want to actually defend something that you said. You were on a talk show, and someone asked you about you know, suicide bombing, which you said is not a term you really use, but using your body for Allah uh, is the way that you view it, which I understand, according to your beliefs, is fair. And um, they asked you about the 72 virgins, and you made the point that 72 is often misquoted, right? It's, it's taken out of context. It really can mean countless virgins, and to not limit your mind to 72, that Allah could provide as many virgins as one wanted, right? Actually, I believe that, forget about the versions, Allah can provide you uh, eternal bliss in any shape, form, or way that he pleases. And the hereafter sure. is very different to this life. The women of paradise are not the same as the women in this life, so I don't think we can make that similitude. Well, okay, people obviously, you were discussing the context of virgins, and your words were countless virgins. That, 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 those were your what I, what I meant to What I meant to say is that, yes, there, there are narrations which talk about partners in heaven, but ultimately what I say as a Muslim, we believe that God can shower with, with you with ultimate blessings and, yeah. and things in the hereafter. And, would, uh, and, and virgins be included there? Side. Would virgins be included Well, there? everything is included. Whatever, whatever you want in paradise, you can have. You know, this is, this is sure. the beauty of, uh, of obeying Allah in this life. Sure. Well, let me ask you this, though. Culturally, what is it that's so attractive about deflowering innocent young virgins? 
Well, there's nothing at all. That's what I say to you. It's important for you not to make the similitude or the analogy with this life. But the, the, it's the, wine, the, the, the wine. Well, well, if you just allow me to finish, the wine uh, of paradise is not the same as the wine in this life. Even the li- the people, the partners are not the same. You will not be the same. So, you know, I don't think that this is a really uh, a valid comparison. Even if the, even the prophet said, whatever you think about, it's different the hereafter. So no, the, so you would say that's just completely been taken out of context. No, no virgins at all. So there's no I, concept of virgins for people. <clears throat> Well, well, well. There is there is a mention in the narrations of the prophet yes, that you will be granted many, many, many partners. You know, in the hereafter. But what I'm saying is, don't make the comparison with this life. And there are many other verses and hadith in the narrations of the prophet, which talk about many other things in paradise. What about those women? Do they have a say in it, or do they just show up? Crap. Uh, well, I don't think, as I say, if you're talking about paradise, you cannot make the comparison. You know, and I could quote to you from your own Bible and Torah about things in paradise, but ultimately we don't make the comparison because, you know, this is a little bit... Uh, uh, well, go ahead. I would love to hear those quotes. Where is it in the Bible? Does it promise virgins? Well, I, don't, I, don't have the Bible, I don't have the Bible in front of me, but obviously there are promises of many things in the hereafter, uh, in the Torah and the, and the Injil. And uh, we can go into the Holocaust show. I can prepare that for you if you wish. Okay. Um, I understand what you're, where you're coming from, but nowhere in the Bible does it promise virgins. That's a big difference between Islam and, and the Bible, and that's why I would like you to point me toward those. But I do understand the point that it's difficult to compare our physical world as three-dimensional beings to the hereafter. I think that's a valid point. Uh, before we go, I've heard you speak about this. What about under Sharia law beatings? What about hitting one's wife? What about the lashings against Christians? Uh, again, you've kind of wiggled around where you said Iraq and Syria are doing a good job, so obviously we see that kind of thing there. Where do you line up on that? Can you just condemn any kind of striking women at all and any kind of beating of Christians as unnecessary and uncivil? Yes, I mean, there's nothing called beating Christians. There's nothing even called beating your wife. You know, uh, and the prophet is the best example. He never laid a finger on any, on any of his wives. He didn't uh, hit his wife? Having said that, he never beat any of his wives at all. No, but having said that, you know, the Quran in chapter Nisa, which is chapter 4 of the Quran, talks about a situation where if your wife is disobeying you uh, continuously, not fulfilling your rights, then it says, first of all, separate the bed. So that could be obviously a one night, it could be a week or even up to a year. After that, said, it says, then advise. And even that could be up to a year, it could be a long time. And then after that, it says, uh, discipline. But the Prophet said, whoever you discipline, he said, avoid the face, the private area, do not leave any marks. Okay, so there'll be, be nothing more than pushing or something like that. But, you know, Islam okay, avoids... So hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. Because I do, yeah. listen, I do want to let you finish, but, you know, you, I, I, I have a problem with that. I don't care whether you hit the face or not. I've read the Quran, Hadith, and am I mistaken where it says he, he, he struck her, causing her great pain? Let's say that's pushing Aisha. Let's just say it's possible. no, no, no. He never, he never laid to a finger on any of his wives. I'm reading no, from no. your and, and, and the thing is, you see, I've said in the Quran that he's the best example, but he never laid a finger on any of his wives, and and you know he's the best example so for you, actually, in the Quran. So so you don't use the hadith because it does talk about there's nothing. It. There's nothing we mentioned in the Quran or hadith. I've been teaching Sharia for twenty years. Yes, I've never come is. across any narration like this. Well, we've got the quote right up here on screen, screen and verse, and the viewers can make their decision. But it's only it's only it's only those people who are enemies of the wives of the Prophet, like the Shia. Who will quote something like this, but it's not authentic. It's not authentic. So you would have to throw out that entire part of the of hadith. It's, it's not in the Quran, and the hadith. Many of them have been fabricated, and there's nothing like that uh, at all. Okay. Uh, authentically narrated here. Okay, so it is there, but it's just something that you wouldn't use, and that's fair. If you well, I mean, that. we could we could make up a lot of things, but the point is, I'm saying to you, it's not. Well, authentic. I'm not making so up anything. Got it up on the screen. Things. 
Well, no, I mean, as I say, I mean, you know, if you want to find something, you will always find some people who are enemies of the rise of the Prophet, like the Shia, who will say things like this. What about Quran 434? Yes, this talks about the, the, what I was talking about earlier, about uh, if your wife is disobedient, then first separate the beds. What I'm, what I'm trying to get at is Islam tries everything to avoid any confrontation. You know, in this country, two women are killed by their husbands every week because of domestic violence. Islam does everything to avoid that, meaning first of all, separate the beds, cool, cool, cool down after one night. Then after that advice, that could be a long time. Yeah. Then after that, even if there is discipline, then avoid as much as you can, don't leave any marks. So, you know, this is avoiding domestic yes. violence at all, at all costs. You know, the man is stronger than the woman. We all know that. So we need to avoid him doing something in anger. And Islam deals with that kind of natural disposition in a way which agrees with our nature. Okay. Listen, I can respect that that is your view, and um, I hope that you feel I've, I've let you speak more than I think some of my conservative uh, brethren talk show hosts, because I am interested in what you have to say. And you know what? Listen, I think it's enlightening. I believe everyone should have a voice at the table. And uh, Imam and Jim, we, we hope to have you back. I would sincerely love to have you back and continue these discussions. Well, thank you for being very respectful, and I, I look forward to coming back onto your show. Thank you very much, sir. And uh, uh, we hope to see you soon. And listen, I will tell you this, just like you hope I go to Islam, I hope to see you come to the cross one day, but that's because I love all my human brethren. I hope you can respect that. Well, well, I, I invite you. Oh, we lost him. We lost him. But fun dip, that was quite the conversation. Man, I tell you what, that was some serious stuff. We will be back after the break, louder with Crowder, and we'll analyze that conversation for you. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham! Talk 1600. If you're anything like me, you enjoy a good glass of wine. But finding the right kind can be a hassle. Or maybe you want to buy a nice bottle as a gift but don't know where to start. That's where Simplified Wine comes in. Simplified Wine makes buying good wine simple. Just call 844-297-WINE, where a qualified sommelier will take your information budget, send you a curated list, and then wine straight to your door. It's just that simple. By the way, they also have a price match guarantee, so it's not only the easiest way to get great wine, but the least expensive. All you do is call Simplified Wine at 844-297-WINE. That's 844-297-WINE. Or don't like phone calls, you can just go to SimplifiedWine.com and hit the Simplify button. Same thing, just digital. Any wine you want, they can get. Just call Simplified Wine at 844-297-WINE to have the best wine at the best price delivered straight to your door. Guaranteed. What could possibly be simpler? Call Simplified Wine today. 844-297-WINE. For the Motor City Maniac, the wit from the mitt, the Great Lakes Grandmaster, the Motown Madman, the Mittens Killer Kitten. We ran out of nicknames. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. You are listening, and I am your host, Stephen Crowder. So glad to be here. We just had an interview with uh, 
Imam Anjem Chowdhury. And listen, I think the guy's a terrorist supporter. I think he supports evil. But I have to tell you, he was very friendly on the show. Oh, yeah, I love his voice. He sounds like a, you know, average uh, Londoner. Just your everyday average uh, terrorist supporter. Yeah. But you know what? I think he'll be back. And I do think that it's productive to have someone like that on the show. And, I, I mean, Fundip, you know, I hear him a lot if he's on, you know, Fox News or those shows. They just constantly interrupt. I feel like I gave him enough room to speak, right? Yeah, for the most part. If he went off on a rabbit trail, it's my job as a host to bring him back. But oh, I wasn't yeah, yeah. just interrupting him with Republican talking points. No, no, no. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, did you learn anything? Yeah, it's pretty early in the morning for me to learn. <laughs> I need more coffee than I've had to really learn anything before nine. Good Lord. Well, we have a jam-packed show. I mean, think about it. We have a world-famous imam terrorist supporter and Superman yeah, after yeah. the break. Now, why can't we send Superman to just take care of that? Good question. Now, remember, Fun Dip, that this segment is exactly seven minutes and 40 segments, so you need to let me know when I need to go to break before then. So you're going to have to take care of this one because I'm, not, I'm still buzzing on a high frequency from a man who wants to kill me. Well, you said we're, we're going to Dean Kane at the bottom of the hour, right? Oh, that's right. Never mind. So we're not in any rush. A lot uh, less math involved in that. This is true. <laughs> Too much math involved darren wilson i don't know if you've been following this story have you been following it this week fun dip a little bit i've heard on uh, some of the shows but being that it's not you know right in michigan i haven't been making a point of reading the long version yeah yeah it's, it's pathetic well there's insufficient evidence to charge it looks looks like darren wilson's not going to be charged surprise surprise so this idea of excessive force of someone just beating the crap out of a kid for no reason it looks like ah, you know a kid attacked a cop pulled a pulled his gun out of his holster reached for his gun punched him in the face and uh, the cop was justified in defending himself case closed now did you see the video of that kid beating up other kids i mean if you go to world star hip-hop that's every day yeah it was just obnoxious how is that relevant to this conversation well because it shows character it shows the content of his character Oh, was it the video of Mike Brown doing it? Yeah. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, there's one where he's beating up another kid. I'm how how long ago was how long ago did this occur versus, you know, when the tape was released, I'm assuming sometime the last couple of days. I saw it online uh, within the last week or so and it looks like it has been it doesn't look like it was shot all that long ago, maybe within the last year or so. Man, I tell you what, it's it's one of those things. I, I you have to walk a fine line. I hate a lot of these anti-bullying campaigns because it serves to legislate speech. You know, now bullying is like, hey, I think Islam is silly. You're bullying. You know, you should be allowed to say that. Or if someone yeah. says, oh, that's so gay, is it insensitive? Yeah, but a kid shouldn't be fined for hate speech or suspended. You yeah, know, bullying should be when they put me in the locker and then they bang on it or they take my lunch and smash it. Or, you know, they try to shove me in front of the school bus, that kind of thing. That's bullying. Did you ever actually get shoved in front of the school bus? It wasn't moving, but it still scared me. <laughs> I don't care. I'm sorry. I feel bad for you, but I don't care who you are. That's funny. Those bullies were creative. I thought for sure I was going to be dead before the sixth grade. <laughs> and I got bullied in high school, too. Yeah. Uh, overall audio output still clipping online, Fun Dip, just so you know. 
Yeah, I think it's your volume from your end. You need to turn down the pot a little bit. Well, I'm I'm looking at my meters here on my board, and my my analog meters are looking great. I have no control over the uh, online version of it, but I can certainly uh, attest to the fact well, that the uh, the audio looks good on the board and sounds good on the radio. All right, fine. We'll just move on. I'm just being a jackass. Uh, Dean Kane's going to come on next. You know, the big thing with Dean Kane. For those of you who aren't following, you know, a lot of talk on radio is always political. Fundip and I talk about this, and it gets to be redundant. There's not been a lot going on this week. Honestly, the, the truth is the biggest story should still be the Paris attacks, especially with the news that's come out. But we have to – news, they feel they have to fabricate stories because we have a 24-hour news cycle, and media consumption is just so instantaneous. Now people need more, more, more. And I have a problem with that. That's why we do a once-a-week show. We can actually put in – the topics that matter. We've talked about that fund up. You know, we don't have to just go every, oh gosh, there's another topic today. Let's beat it to death and go over it. Um, but the American sniper situation, have you seen the movie yet, fund up? I have not. Do you want to see it? Yeah, I'm probably going to wait for uh, uh, the Blu-ray and uh, rent it then because by then my son will be able to watch it with me. Not Ben, who's six, but my older son. Uh, yeah. that, that seems like the kind of film that we'd want to see together. Well, you know, I'm so kind of surprised because it actually isn't really an outwardly conservative film. You know, it kind of has the whole element of a soldier coming back and being conflicted and trauma, you know, uh, when a lot of soldiers actually don't have that. A lot, some soldiers do. A lot of soldiers come back and go, my God, I'm glad that I killed them evil bastards. Get me a Corona. That's a lot of soldiers. But we have to Why act as the bats. What was that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the Canadian Army. I think the, the Canadian Army, funnily enough, they actually get beer out there in the field. And I remember American soldiers telling us when I was in Guantanamo Bay and, you know, guys who had done tours um, in Afghanistan with Canadians, they were like, you know, well, Canadians had beer. <laughs> we couldn't believe it. So <laughs> They're Canadians. We're all, yeah, we're a walking stereotype. Um, so... It kind of surprises me that conservatives embrace this film so wholeheartedly. Not that it shouldn't be embraced as a quality piece of film, but it's not like it's the Passion of the Christ or something. You know, it just happens to be a film about a, a war hero. But what happened is they felt the need to double down when liberals went after it. You know, Rolling Stone said the film was too dumb to criticize. Michael Moore said he was always taught that snipers were cowards. And that's why we'll have Dean Cain on. Dean Cain tweeted him that, you know, you say that to my face and we'll see who who is the coward. Yeah. It was friends. He's defending his dead buddy. He was friends with Chris Kyle, the sniper. You one, know, one thing that I saw this week about the film didn't so much criticize the content or the story. But apparently there are scenes where they're holding an infant that looks too much like a doll. They said it didn't look real enough. Uh, did Nicolas Cage play the infant? <laughs> I feel like that's the role he would take. Yeah, one more thing. How am I not that infant? It's a perfect role for Nicolas Cage. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was like, of all the things to just randomly pop up in a Facebook feed, they're criticizing the fact that the baby looks like a plastic doll. It's like, yeah. come on. You know, just seems petty. Although sometimes those can make or break a film. I'll tell you what did freak me out was that demon baby in Passion of the Christ. Oh, man. When Satan was like a child. It was kind of like a cross between Satan and Vern Troyer. <laughs> the, little, uh, the little guy from uh, Austin, Austin Powers. Powers. 
Yeah, mini me. You know, doesn't it? That's what the baby, the Satan baby looked like. Yeah. And I tell you what, this is going to, I don't know if I should say this. I have a compulsive fear of midgets. I better have said it. Why? Well, I actually had, this is legitimate. I had a midget stalker. Oh, man. Male or female? Uh, what was up? Uh, female, but no, 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 no. Stop it with your sick, twisted fantasies, fun dip. Um, she was about 30-something, and she went to our church youth group, and she was unstable. And she thought I was her best friend when I clearly wasn't. So I'd get a call like at 2 a.m. to come visit her at the hospital. And I thought, oh, no, you know, I don't, I don't know what a lifespan is for a, you know, a little person. Maybe she's, you know, her clucks punching out. I mean, I've worked with kids with Down syndrome, and I know they have a short lifespan. I don't, I'm not, I'm not up to date on the latest midget health intel. So I would go, and it would turn out she had like a splinter in her thumb. She just really wanted attention. And then when I said, listen, this is, un- you're taking up too much time, she sort of went all Glenn Close fatal attraction on me. <laughs> And needless to say, I didn't want her to boil the pet rabbit, so I had to put some distance between her and myself. And the worst part is she had other I, – I, sorry, I, you can't say midget, but I, she had other midget friends. So it was like a gang of stalker midgets. <laughs> and it just – this is a true story. It's not made up. I'll, I will have my brother back on the show to talk about it. Her, I, I don't want to use her name. Um, we'll, we'll call her Dominic to save the innocent. It was Dominic, and <laughs> it was it really did it. it. It scared me for a while as a kid because I was young enough that it left an impression. So anyway, we have to go to a break. We'll, we'll talk less about midgets and more about American Sniper and more about terrorism and what's going on in the news when we come back. And be sure to go to louderwithcrowder.com to watch the full video interviews. So you get to see Dean Kane on camera. You get to see Imam on, uh, on Jim on camera. Uh, all of them, louderwithcrowder.com. You get to see these unedited full video interviews, and that's kind of cool. Talk to you then. You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham! Talk 1600. You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham! Talk 1600. I love you. I love the world. I love Jesus. Muhammad, no. (laughs) I love pizza. You do love pizza. What about your wife? Shouldn't your wife be mentioned before pizza? I love when my wife buys me pizza. (laughs) You should be ashamed of yourself. You, You deserve to be annulled. Oh, no. My wife is a good woman. Yeah, she does seem like a sweet woman. Now, your wife is a liberal, and you said she tuned into the show and then gave it like five minutes. Has she tried it since? No, no, no. She won't even try it? Nope, not, nope, nope, not going to do it. Does your wife hate me? <sighs> she She's indifferent, I think. Can she at least appreciate that you and I are friends? I imagine so. I mean, if you did a guest spot on Downton Abbey, she'd be watching you. Well, that's what I'll do. That's just what I'll do. Yeah, that'd be slick, wouldn't it? That's just what I'll have to do. You'll be the you'll be the 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 plucky American that comes to visit. The plucky yeah, Canadian I, American. 
I think we need to get you on Twitter is what I think. A lot of people have been calling for it. Uh, by the way, people tweeting me right now, at S. Crowder. If you want Fundip on Twitter, tweet me, at S. Crowder, right I, now. I've I gotten si- a few. I signed up for Twitter and tried it for a couple of days and because uh, I, I wanted to read the, the Goldbergs stuff that was coming in. And, uh, I mean, Twitter's just not as good as Facebook. It's funny. You know, we've talked about this before. Facebook has sort of a, a demographic problem that it's becoming old at an accelerated rate compared to other social media sites. I am old. Well, no, it's true. When, with Facebook, you know, when it started, you had to have an EDU address. Yeah. And now it's open to everyone. And so the whole premise of Facebook was exclusivity. It's, it's not my space. It's not the whorehouse of the Internet. It's exclusive. You know, you have to be going to good co- – it started at uh, Harvard, and I think there was a rollout of 30 universities. I know UT was one of them because my brother was an early adopter of Facebook. And now it's just everybody. It's just, you know, old ladies posting pictures of cats. And uh, they're knitting and stuff, too, though. Yeah, that's very bizarre. By the way, did you see the uh, Michael Moore meme that was posted? Uh, there have been a couple of them recently. The one that I are... posted. Oh, probably. I can't remember. It said, uh, sure, I'll keep trashing American snipers, but first bring me Sona. Oh, yeah, where you had his head on uh, Jabba's body. Yeah, I did see that. I thought you might get a kick out of that. Chris Magrido Solo. Exactly. It wasn't so much a fat joke as it was he's just in character so comparable to Jabba the Hutt. Oh, yeah. He's such a bad human being, Michael Moore. There are just some people, and that's a big thing, you know, Michael Moore. A lot of people don't realize this, especially those listening on on the beautiful Wham! radio or listening terrestrially. We have a lot of listeners in um, digitally who listen from northern Michigan, funnily enough. And Michael Moore spends time up there. He, you know, refurbished, I guess you would say, renovated this Traverse City Theater Firstly, he petitioned the government to do it, and then he did it with a tax credit. So he's part of the 1%, and he's not paying his 1% taxes. It figures. I mean, just, Michael Moore, you have the money. Just spend all the money out of your own pocket, no tax credit, and just build build the theater, renovate the theater. You can do it. Put your money where your mouth is. They never do. They never do. They never do that. Michael Moore, uh, I actually have a list on my website here. The top seven actual reasons Michael Moore is a walking bag of human excrement. And, okay, let's see if you knew this. Uh, did you ever see his first movie, Roger and Me? I saw parts of it. I think the we first know, one I really saw was Columbine. Yeah, but Roger and Me was his first documentary that put him on the yeah, map. Yeah, the Flint right? one. Yeah, everyone loved it, and it was about you know Roger Smith, CEO of General Motors, and how they abused their workers, that whole deal. And the movie was based, you know, he was kept trying to get, if you saw it, an interview with Roger Smith, and he was never able to get the interview, right? Because Roger Smith just wouldn't get down and talk to the people. So that was the premise. I'm sure you remember that, right? Yeah. yeah. He got the interview with Roger Smith. He just wouldn't put it in the film? Yeah. And then he, he didn't just not put it in the film. He lied in the film and m- created a narrative as though he didn't get the interview. He got a very lengthy interview, and Roger Smith was actually very polite. <laughs> so that's just another reason... I mean, that's how he started his career. The entire film that got all this Hollywood praise was based on a lie. Uh, The million-dollar tax credit to restore an old theater in Traverse City, Michigan. Um, He genuinely believes that communist health care in Cuba is better than the United States. That was the one that I nearly walked out of when we had that at the theater. Was that – that was Fahrenheit 9-11, right? Um, I can't remember the – no – that's not the sicko. Right it was sicko. Sicko. 
Sicko. That's right. I've been to Cuba. I've been to both Havana and Guantanamo Bay. It's a third world country. It's an absolute hellhole. Uh, Did you have a cigar while you were there? You know, funnily enough, Cuban cigars are bad. And actually, a guy, we had a, uh, we taped a video at a cigar shop here, and the gentleman said Cuban cigars at one point were the absolute best cigars. He said, but because uh, that it's now basically under, you know, communist regime, he said there's no competition. Essentially, they're not, they're, they're not allowed to export the cigars. They're just making cigars for, you know, the, the government of the Castro. Yeah. Yeah. Not even for the locals, more so for the Castros, however they want it to be made. And so now it's just, well, we're not really selling them. They're just making cigars because they have to, that the quality is actually really poor and you'll get better cigars elsewhere. And, it, you know, it stood to reason. I'm not a cigar guy, but the guy made a very compelling case. Well, the last time I had a Cuban cigar, I was uh, shopping on Olette Avenue in Windsor, and I noticed there was a cigar shop. And this would have been when I was married to my first wife, so ages ago. And I was like, hey, you got any Cubans? And they said, yeah. So I found one that was reasonably priced and walked up and down Olette smoking it, and it, it didn't really excite me all that much. I would have preferred to have just a menthol cigarette. Well, yeah, but you're not a cigar guy, so you wouldn't know if it's le- you know less than a Dominican, or you wouldn't recognize those yeah, differences. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't. But I just wanted to smoke one just so that I could say I could try it. Right. Just so you could say it. Uh, another thing, Michael Moore Slander's companies like Halliburton, Honeywell, General Electric, Boeing, Laurel, pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer and Merck, but he invests in all of them. <sighs> Look at his stock portfolio. I have it up here at ladderwithcrowder.com. I have this list. I have all the sources up there. I find it sad that as a comedian and as an entertainer, everything I write is more sourced than most of the actual news columnists. I don't say that to be arrogant. I say it that it's sad that I'm doing a job most of these people aren't doing. Man, I tell you what. Uh, I don't know if you know this. If you're a union worker, you don't work on a Michael Moore film. (laughs) He refuses to hire union workers. That's classic. I just I, – I, I can't make this stuff up. Again, louderworthcrowder.com. You'll see this list. It's right there on the homepage. He refuses to hire union workers. Everything about this man – and everyone's a hypocrite to some degree, but this man has made an entire career lying about who he is, lying about what he stands for. Really, he stands for nothing if you actually compare his personal life to what he claims to espouse professionally. And he calls American snipers cowards. He, he, he for some reason, thinks that he – can sit from his Jabba the Hutt armchair and uh, he has the right to criticize American GIs and snipers but it's just in poor taste. The scary thing is that he's got Carrie Fisher chained to his tail. I know it's disgusting. Louder with Crowder. We will be right back. I'm going to geek out a little bit. Uh, the one and only Dean Kane is with us. Dean, thank you for coming in, sir. Uh, Steven, I think you just in a roundabout way just said I'm old. 
Well, not yeah. so much in a roundabout way. It was pretty, <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. Way. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> it was pretty direct. I figure it's okay because for those who are listening terrestrially, we're doing this actually as a video cast. You can listen to it at credit.com. You look good, so it doesn't matter if you're old. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, My yeah. body sometimes betrays me a little bit, but uh, but um, I'm hanging in there. Well, you know what's funny, though, is so many Hollywood actors let themselves go completely. So before we get into, obviously, why you're in the news, why haven't you like why am i not seeing you know the double chins of uh i don't want to name names because they could be friends but you know what i'm talking about hey you know what happens to everybody sometimes body type might be part of it stress lack of uh, working out hitting the drugs i don't do drugs you know so i'm okay on that spot who knows who knows what it is but uh uh i got good genes and i gotta chase my 14 year old around a lot so he he keeps me uh, decently in shape although about 15 minutes ago he was beating my tail in the other room Oh, he was actually beating you up, or was he beating you at a video game? No, he was literally. I was tired, and he was literally pounding on me and laughing, and I was laughing too hard to do anything about it. So how dare I, he? I was, I was taking a whooping. I want to get him back. Don't get me wrong. Well, my dad, you know, my dad's actually a national champion in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, um, and he's fifty-four, and so I don't really get to do that with him. We train together, but what's funny is we train, and you're fighting, right? It's full on. I don't know if you know the sport. You're full on fighting. Sure. Then you get mad at each other, so you fight. You're like, ah, let's fight about it. We were just fighting. It's completely fine. But now you're fighting for real. Yes, exactly. Now you're you fighting for real. You were sort of dancing before. Now you're getting into exactly. it. That's exactly it. So, dude, uh, you've been all over the media, funnily enough, this week, which is not really uh, why it initially reached out to you. We sort of connected last week, and then, boom, whirlwind, because you were friends with the American Sniper, right? Uh, I'm, Mr. Wearing a, I'm wearing a hat for him right That's now. That's right. I can see time. the hat right there. Um, yep. And not only that, but of course, there's been a lot. There have been a lot of celebrities in the news: Seth Rogen, Michael Moore talking out, and you sent uh, Jabba the Moore a tweet yourself. <laughs> what was it that you sent to him? Well, he said uh, he was taught that snipers were cowards. Yeah, and and the reality is, I don't know anybody who's less of a coward in the world ever that I've ever met than Chris Kyle. Right. So. That ticked me off. Again, Chris is a good friend of mine. He trained me. Uh, we were we were partners on Stars Earned Stripes. Uh, we became great friends from there, and we were going to stay friends forever. And and I was just ticked off the way I would be ticked off if uh, you, you called my brother a, a name I didn't like. Sure. So uh, I sent back a lovely, quick tweet, and I said something to the to the effects of "Call Chris Ka- Chris Kyle a coward to my face," and. I think we'll see who a coward is. Uh, it was it was very playground, uh, <laughs> but it came out. I was just it just came out. Well, here's my actual. This is a genuine question, okay? And be, believe me, I am not going to judge you if you, you answer the way that I pray to God you do. <laughs> Let's say it actually happens, okay? Some parallel universe. Michael Moore is in a room with you. I don't know. He's in a bar, and you just and he says, "Okay, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try and in triple sow cow stick the landing." Dean Kane, your friend Chris Kyle is a coward. Okay, w- would you bring him bodily harm? Uh, have I had a drink or two yet? I don't. I mean, that depends on the scenario. Let's say sometimes I pull that trigger a lot faster if I had, <laughs> okay. I've had a couple drinks. That trigger just gets pulled right away. Bang. Uh, I mean, it would be. Look, would I like to give him a smack for that? If he looked me in the eye as a man and said that, sure. Uh, I'd love to be on an elevator with him and have him say that. Right. Well, I'm saying t- with no camera. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, you don't want the Ray back. Rice. Hold on. Yeah, there's a camera. I take that back. I take that back. Not an elevator. Jay Z, Ray Rice. No. So right. Don't but- put us in an elevator. Put us someplace without a camera. Um. Yeah. You know, it's hard. I, you don't never. You know. You know, when something like that happens, you don't know how right. you really react. I mean, I would. Ha- I would. Maybe I'd slap him. 
I, yeah, so I would like think an open, open palm. Slap. And he would well, probably open palm. You know as well as anybody, but you hit him open palm yeah, in the right palm spot. Strike. It's, it's it's as hard as anything. Well, the hey, problem but you know what? Is... Oops, sorry. Right. You know the problem is though he's so. I mean. I mean, we've seen what can happen when someone who is that in that poor physical condition gets any yeah. kind of stress applied to him. You know, yes. a slap could put him into a coma for 40 years. <laughs> we don't know. No, is that a bad thing? Oh, wait, I'm just done. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I jest because I don't want to wish him bodily harm, but I probably, if he... Uh, no, no, you don't need so to wish him bodily harm, but, uh, you know, it's different to wish one bodily harm and then cause one bodily harm. True, well said. I'll promise you this. Um... If he were to say it to Chris Kyle, you might get a he, he would have got a quicker shot than, than oh, anything. Yeah. Chris's yeah. response would have been probably less political than mine was, and mine wasn't very political. No, you know it's funny. I've obviously I've never served, and I'm very grateful to anyone who has. And I'll get comments from people: "You never served." Well, I have served members of our military by going overseas and entertaining the troops. That's kind of what I can do. You know, I got sucked right. in this racket as a comic by the time I was 16. Um, so there was no option to. Not that I would have. I have horrible eyes and flat feet, and I don't think I'm a I'm not a particular physical specimen compared to someone like Chris <laughs> Kyle. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that when I spent time with them, there is a, a certain kind of – let me put it this way. Nowadays there's even the argument, right, do you want women on the front lines or who should be allowed in the military, which we won't even get into. But I will tell you who I want. And it's what I've seen is generally typical of most Marines. I want a leather-necked – loud mouth rough guy who would be shooting something anyway only instead of a deer you put another human being who's a bad guy and instead of a hunting rifle an m16 in his hand that's why i want defending this country and you see that with a, a lot of members of the american military in specialized divisions like snipers sure. not necessarily if you're just going into basic training nowadays i think like eight push-ups for some of these things <laughs> is really pretty easy honestly they've had to lower the level of physical uh, excellence for for certain branches of the military, and it's sad. I've written about that. But from Chris Kyle, everything I've read on the guy was a beast. He was a beast. He made me look small. Um, I have a photo of him standing there with a Superman S on and, and, and standing there with a little, little bit of a, uh, a pose, and I, I look like his little brother. Um, <laughs> In Superman yeah, pajamas. Seriously, Chris was a big, strong guy, and that's not necessarily what you see with a lot of SEALs. Sure. You know, they don't tend to be that big and strong. He was a big guy doing it. The... I, you know, you say you didn't serve. I didn't serve either. But right. I was over in Iraq in 2005. I was there for a long time, a lot right. of forward operating bases, saw a lot of things. And, and that was the way I could serve. And I still right. do it every day now. I, I do all kinds of events for our wounded. You going over there and, and providing entertainment for those guys is so incredibly valuable. And, it, and it's a way of serving. And it's not even so much about serving or not serving. And everybody likes to jump on that. They did it right. with me too. It's, it's about your respect level for our men and women in uniform and sure. for what they do. And, and those guys just aren't showing that kind of respect. And, no, they're and, not. And that, that's what bothered me. Well, we will take a, a quick break here and I want to keep you back and talk about more than just this, but more of this ladder with Crowder. Stay tuned. You're listening to louder with Crowder on wham talk 1600.
This is Steven Crowder, host of Ladder with Crowder, and I just wanted to tell you about the best gun-related website there is, AR15.com. It's one of my favorite sites on the internet, period. I know some of you hear AR15 and say, isn't that the scary black rifle? Well, yes, it is, but AR15.com is the best site for all information on anything gun-related informative articles, and the biggest active gun-related community on the web to personally help you with gun safety, recommendations, where to take your permit courses, as well as the best gun store on the internet. I'm talking accessories, upgrades, ammo, whatever you need at, frankly, the best prices I've ever seen. So whatever your gun-related needs, whether it's information, personal help, or you're looking to make a few purchases, AR15.com is the best website there is. Go there! AR15.com. Visit AR15.com today for all of your gun-related needs. That's AR15.com. Fun dip. Shut up. It's my show. We are back with, I can't say good friend. This is the first time I'm talking with but I like the guy, <laughs> Dean Kane, uh, in the news, obviously, because he's been friends for a long time. How many years have you known uh, Chris Kyle, the you know, American sniper? We uh, we met probably about uh, I guess it was about two and a half years ago. Okay. Uh, wait, no. Say, let me think. We, let's see. He was killed a year after the show, and so I met him on the show. So okay. I guess it's two thousand. So three years ago, three, four. I, I the time gets away from me, Stephen. Yeah, I can. <laughs> this old stuff is really starting to tick. Me oh off come on, as well. stop it! You, you know you <laughs> say that, and then you've got like James Woods down the block or Larry King. <laughs> I saw Larry King at a cafe in L.A. I swear to you, he's a Jim Henson hologram. Yeah, well, but Larry's 114 years old. People don't know that. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he's uh, and Larry's a buddy. I like Larry. He is uh, his head is sharp as a tack. His body may be, uh, you know, he's been Larry for he's been like that for about 45 years. He's pickled in yeah. his current state for right. a long time, and it's pretty amazing. Guy is sharp as a tack. I still, I still, he still does his show, and I love going and doing it. There are some guys though who just. You know, a great example, Larry King has always looked like he's 114. Yes. Kind of like Brian Cranston has always looked like he's about 44. <laughs> but now when he's, he doesn't look any older. You know, he always looked kind of older. I've always said this about <laughs> Diane Lane, and I'm going to catch my Diane Lane has always looked like a prettier, slightly older woman. And now she is that. a prettier, slightly older woman. But when she was yeah. 25, she looked like, oh, she was a really pretty 38-year-old. Well, she's—I don't think she's slightly older than me, but well, I don't want to be specific. Right. I'm not sure. <laughs> I know I think you... we're about the same age, but she's always looked pretty to me. Yeah, she uh, is. But some people have, you know, some people get that young gene. I'm part Japanese. Maybe that's what it is. I sure hope so. And I hope I don't. You know, I hope I do the Dick Clark thing. I hope I look like this till I'm uh, 98, and then, and then it can all just go away one day. I'm fine. Yeah, then it can just all go away like that. Like that. Um, okay, so let me ask you something here. We're, ta- we're talking about Chris Kyle, but let me switch topics. And I, I do this, I know this is a risk. Now, I, I started out as an actor and stand-up comic, and no matter what I do uh, with kids, probably your son who's 14, they know the show Arthur, the cartoon. I did the voice of his best friend, The Brain. It was very out of character. Um, that's why I was a method actor. I had to learn how to pretend to be smart. And people <laughs> constantly bring it up. And I have other cast members who get really mad about that. I just think if it's touched someone in a way that they, they they still remember that good for them when people bring up obviously Lois and Clark because it's such a such an American it's such an iconic show does it bother you or are you like I've got new stuff or just go hey great let's sign an autograph well you know one day Chris Kyle showed up on the set of Stars and Stripes in a Superman S shirt right and a little cape yeah and I whipped his ass no that did not happen <laughs> uh, he looked at I was like damn you look better than that than I ever did uh, you don't know no, I don't I don't try away from that at all I'm I'm so proud to have played that character, one of the greatest, if not the greatest American icon of all time. Sure. Here you have this guy who is the most powerful, 
guy in the world. He could be anything he wants to. He could take advantage of any situation. But because he's raised with small-town American values, he doesn't. And he's the right. most honorable, wonderful guy. What else do you want? Uh, you know, so to be, to be uh, sure. associated with that, no skin off my back. I'll take it. Uh, it hasn't stopped me from working. Although you wouldn't know that from some of the mean Skype comments. So funny. You hack. That's because you can't get a job. Well, Skype. No, you mean Twitter. I mean, not Skype. Twitter. Yeah, because that would only be me. Skype. I'd be the one sending you mean yeah, comments why would you on say Skype. That to me? <laughs> right. Oh uh, yeah, Twitter. Twitter. It's it's so yeah. You see people say that stuff, but uh, um, you know, I work a ton, and I'm a, I'm able to be a single father and and be at home with my son. So I would not change a thing. Yeah. Uh, but I that that whole Twitter thing does. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, it's it's so quick how things devolve. Like you could have anywhere on the internet. You could have someone say, hey, Olive Garden has new unlimited salad and breadsticks. Someone says, I love Olive Garden. And it's just like someone, the next comment is how they're going to hire a gang to murder his mom because <laughs> Olive Garden sucks. And it's like four comments down. Like, how'd that happen? It evolved very quickly. <laughs> very, very quickly. All you can eat salad, and now we're blowing it up. I will tell you this, though. I do have a bit of a bone to pick with you. And All right, you, probably, you probably don't remember this. Uh, when I was a kid, and I, I wasn't initially allowed to watch Lois and Clark, because 93, I was six, and um, the <laughs> intro had Terry Hatcher looking quite bosomy, let's be honest. She is bosomy. She is bosomy. And my parents were like, I don't think you need to be watching anything so bosomy. But there was an episode. But it makes where, you feel like home, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Remember, this is on terrestrial oh, yeah. radio. I'm we have sorry. to be I'm careful. Sorry. I'm making you comfortable. That's good. There were no visual. There were no visual. Uh, right, no. Aids. I did nothing to that one. <laughs> okay. But. Uh, you, in an episode, got into some farmhouse, and I remember, you know, as a kid, obviously, I look up to Superman, and you put a glass down. The scene opens up, you're putting a glass down. I remember this clear as day, and you go, oh, nothing better than an ice-cold glass of buttermilk. Do you remember that? Uh, I do remember that. And I had no idea what buttermilk was. I just thought, it's going to be great, like, extra thick milk, and I just tasted it, and it was the worst, most sour experience, and I was like, damn you, Dean Cain. <laughs> It, was, it wasn't me. It was Clark. Right. Clark did it was that. Clark. And his, his his parents taught him that. You know, because Superman doesn't need to eat. He ate for the pleasure of it because he got his power from the sun. Um, that's the Although your your guy's not there to argue with me, so I'm okay. Yeah, Fun Dip will like come that. in and he'll argue. Fun Dip, I, I probably said something wrong and I don't even realize it yet. But that right. was that, that in our show um, – However much you liked or disliked it, Fun Dip, uh, that was our thing. That that the buttermilk was was funny, and that was a thing that was from him back at home when he was in Smallville. Right. Um, and I apologize for your thank you very much. Don't drink buttermilk. I, that was <laughs> the only thing I wanted really to get out today. So now we have to get back to the news because it's let's, obligatory. Let's do it. So Chris Kyle, obviously this American Sniper. You've seen the film, sure. Right? Yes, I have. Okay, I'll be honest. I haven't seen the film yet. Namely, because of all the, con- it's so funny when there's so much controversy surrounding something. I feel like I have to just hit reset and forget about that, and then go in and see it a little fresh. Um, but it's amazing. Not only Michael Moore, a guy like Seth Rogen coming in and, and calling it essentially equating it to German Nazi propaganda. Um, you're obviously pretty outwardly conservative. I'm not pulling you out of the closet here. <laughs> In the industry. Hey, I was never in the closet. Okay? You were never in the closet? <laughs> oh, as a conservative? Oh, I see what we're saying. Okay. I mean, you weren't <laughs> no, yeah. as outward about this until more recently. No, I, uh, it's funny. I have very liberal social views. Um, but I'm, when it comes to foreign policy and our, our, our military and, and uh, those places and, and fiscal policy, I am extremely conservative. So you would call yourself a libertarian or do you just – I am much more along the lines of a libertarian, yes. Okay. See, I don't call myself – 
really anything. Yeah. Uh, I vote. I have voted Democratic before. How dare you? Not for a while. Well, it was Bill Clinton. <laughs> Bill Clinton, you weren't old enough to vote. Good Lord. No, I voted. In, my first election was the Canadian prime minister. I'm a dual citizen. There you go. So. I used to know one of uh, Trudeau. Uh, not Trudeau. Uh, what was my buddy? Turner. Oh, I went yeah, to college yeah. with uh, Mike Turner, and his uh, I believe his father was uh, the, the PM for a little while. Trudeau was I, a bit of an ass. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad you switched I can't, it. I can't comment on uh, on Canadian politics, uh, but yeah, I've, I voted for Bill Clinton. Uh, so I really will go with a with a, a candidate, or you know, maybe I got older and 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 wised up. I don't know what it is. Okay, but so I've you been voted Republican for Bill for the last few. You voted Bill. I voted for Bill Clinton. Does that mean? Please don't tell me you'd go Hillary if she's the. Uh... Uh, there's a once that Benghazi thing happened, there was no way I wasn't going to go with Hillary anyway. I met right. her; she was very nice to me, and um, but uh, that that's not. No, I would not vote for Hillary. That's not going to happen. No, I yeah, it's one of those things. It's so funny. Is she was the? Isn't it amazing though? Right, you worked in this industry in Hollywood. How the Clintons were just their golden family, and how quickly they threw Hillary under the bus for Barack Obama. Well, the politics are ugly, and the more time I spend around politics and the more I see it, the uglier it becomes. And I realize that it's, you know, there's been a lot of talk of, why don't, hey, why don't you run for office? And sure, I, I might someday uh, when I got nothing left to lose. Right. Um, but I, I, what I don't like is I don't like, you know, he's a 23-term congressman. from Like, like that's – you shouldn't do that. It should be a part-time job. Right. And I also don't like to see these guys get rich in office. Yeah. I, I just – it doesn't – it doesn't jive with the whole, you know, this is uh, this is our constitution. Yeah, it just doesn't well, What happens sense. on both the right and the left, too, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, it, it happens everywhere. I mean, I hate to say this because the guy has been trying to get on the show. But Newt Gingrich, I think he went into public office. We had these numbers. He was worth about – his net worth was in the thousands. Left, it was like $30 million. See, that's a problem. Yeah, that shouldn't I, be happening. Good guy uh, on a lot of other issues. Uh, but you look at – I mean, even John McCain is a perfect example. You couldn't have more of a career politician – and a lot of people will get mad because they're saying you should never bring Republicans into the mix when being critical. But I can appreciate that, that you you don't label yourself, but you're not a liberal. Let's just be honest. You hate hippies. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not much of a liberal. No, I'm no. not. Uh, no. No liberals I know would want to punch Michael Moore in the kisser. <laughs> they might want to kiss him in the kisser. Yeah. I haven't seen anything that I really liked of his, uh, and I, I just really took offense to that comment. And you know, hey, catch me at the wrong time and say that comment. It, it could be a, it could be a bad show. Well, it's, it's funny. You know, we have the right to free speech, right? But there are certain things that do warrant in the realm of manhood uh, a smack. Doesn't? I'm not talking about legally. You would be wrong. Believe me, you would right. be wrong. It would be legally. Battery. I can't do it. Right. But if you walk up to a guy and insult his dead best friend, I mean, you're walking into that one. And I believe me, I'm at the other end where I was punched in the face by a union thug and people saying, well, you shouldn't have protested the uh, the uh, union state. And that's different. But in this case, if someone walks up and like insults your dead friend or dead mother, you've got to expect that. And that's just a perfect example, not as to whether you should hit him or not, though. I would love to see it. But, <laughs> but cowardice, that's the big irony. Well, they know they're not going to get hit, and that's that thing. There's those intellects. You know, I went to Princeton. I knew a lot of guys like that who thought they wouldn't get hit. They could say whatever they want to. Maybe they got hit. Maybe. I don't know. You know, <laughs> so – and there's a time where they're – you know, it's not all roses and everything. There's a real world out there. Unfortunately, right. for, for the, those that do that here, they don't realize that in 90 percent of the world, it's the bully that makes the rules. And someone like them, they don't have a chance because the strong guys would just smoke them. And right. this, but here – 
the strong guys are Chris Kyle and guys like him, and they protect their right to say that stuff, however misguided it may be or however misguided I may think it is. And, and right. I respect their right, but I also, I, you know, sometimes you want to be Gary Cooper or, or, or Jimmy Stewart and sure. give him a good old sock. And let's put it this way. If it was in a film and I smacked him, everybody cheer. Oh, they'd all cheer. Oh, they feel bad did. for him. Like, have you ever actually seen Michael Moore? It's um, it's the physique. I have, you know, I, I have a. We spend some time in Northern Michigan every now and then. And um, no, I was born in Michigan, right? W- now we're in Michigan. Mount Clements. Oh, okay. There you go. But you you got out pretty quickly, right? I was three. Yeah, you were three. Western we- Michigan, Northern Michigan. Malibu. Yeah, actually, Malibu, Northern California. Michigan in the summer is, I would argue, more Gorgeous. beautiful. Yeah. And Michael Moore's up there. The Traverse City took a tax credit, by the way, to restore a theater. Not, didn't pay his 1% taxes. <laughs> but it, people would feel bad for Michael Moore only because, you know, you'd be seen as more classically studly. And it's, it's the physique of a man who's um, never done a push-up. So people inherently feel bad for him because he's this underdog, even though he's an ass. That's where the slap. That's where the open hand slap. <laughs> the open hand. <laughs> or even the backhand. Right. <laughs> I mean, I just can't. I, it's one of those things. I can't get past it. And I know everyone, you know, you get on the, the, the cable news and they want the sort of righteous indignation. And I, I can kind of sense now that when you look at it, you're like, man, it's pretty silly to think. But it's, it, the Internet breeds this, and it is the perfect breeding ground for someone like Michael Moore. He's the guy who probably has 20 different anonymous screen names telling the kid he wants to kill him for the Olive Garden. Uh, yeah, I, probably. And that's really scary because sometimes I'll see a, a, a tweet or something where someone says something really awful to me. So I'll click on their profile. They've got, you know, three tweets and four followers. And the three tweets were mean things about me. I'm like, <laughs> hmm, that's interesting timing. I don't know. But you're so uh, lovable. Who hates, <laughs> exactly. Who hates <laughs> Dean Kane? <laughs> Apparently some of these guys. Like, I expect it. I weighed into it. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit of a jerk. Like, with that, I get it. I'm pretty bold. But you're, you're Dean Kane. You're Superman. <laughs> I don't get why people would be so angry with you. I, I don't know. But uh, you know what? I, I don't take my comments back. Maybe they're a little quick and a little rash. And I said to Seth, you know, apparently he's walked his comments way back. And the, the tweet I said to him was, uh, you know, I like your movies, but right now I want to kick your ass. And I would say that to my buddies or anybody. Sure. And uh, I didn't say I'm going to kick your ass. No. I usually don't. If I'm going to kick, you alluded ass, to it. I pretty much don't tell them I'm going to kick their ass. I just kick their ass, right? But uh, yeah, so so he walked it back, and that's good, and that's fine. Although that was a stupid thing to say at the wrong time. He knew it. I think he was trying to be snide and a little snippy. Well, he stole it too. Actually, that comment was stolen from a commenter. I think on Reddit they found it was just copy pasted, uh-huh. and he claimed it as his own. And it happens a lot in the comedy community. I have I've had friends who've done it. Uh, speaking of which, though, we have to go, Mister oh, Kane. I'm not, I'm not done. I know. I well, you know, we could keep you for another segment if you want to, <laughs> but I think your son wants you to go back. Where can people find you on Twitter, by the way? Uh, at Real Dean Kane. And at, if you're going to flame me, at least have more than one follower. Okay. Please? Yes, I'll be sure to tell people to follow them. So that then they can flame you. I'll say, hey, follow these guys so we can watch the watch this play out. Thank you, Dean. We appreciate, appreciate it, brother. It. And we'll have to have you back. I'd love it. Anytime. You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham Talk 1600. We've got more coming up here on Ladder with Crowder after the hour. We have analysis 
of our first hour with Imam Shudrari. I can't remember his name, with our good friend Gerald Morgan. And uh, we're going to go verse by verse through all of the BS that he fed us. So don't miss this. On Louder with Crowder, listen on Wham Radio if you're in Michigan or louderwithcrowder.com if you are online because that's where we are. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. City Maniac, the wit from the mitt, the Great Lakes Grandmaster, the Motown Madman, the Mittens Killer Kitten. We ran out of nicknames. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. You are listening. I am speaking. I am your host, Stephen Crowder. Glad to have you back. And in studio, my good friend, as always, Christian apologist who actually speaks at churches uh, to the issue of Christians and Muslims, Christianity and Islam, here to analyze our conversation in the first hour with Imam Shaudri, Gerald Morgan. Thanks for being here. Absolutely, sir. Thank you very much for having me on. And I, th- I believe it's Chowdhury. Chow. Yeah, I don't give a rat's rear end. Well, I didn't think you did, but Although, just in case. You know what, though? I um, I feel like it was a respectful interview, even though I had to swat down as BS. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think a lot of times when somebody like that comes on, the natural thing to do is just to, to attack. Yeah, right, because you vehemently disagree, obviously, with his worldview. Um, but the problem is that that every time people interview somebody like that and they do that, it, it doesn't really accomplish anything. Right. So you know, if you want to, if you want to, you know, try to make a quick headline and you know, we're beating up on this uh, imam. Yeah, fine, you can do that. But if you actually want to make headway and have conversations in the world, um, you have to do it like you did, where you didn't back off at all, uh, but at the same time, you gave him just enough rope to kind of hang himself, you know, figuratively speaking. Yeah, figurative. Well, although literally he would do the same to other Christians. Uh, so <laughs> fun it. But you thought the interview went quite well. Yeah, it was pretty interesting to hear uh, your version of talking with him versus uh, O'Reilly's or other hosts. I saw the. I keep bringing up O'Reilly because that was the most recent one that I saw. And I was like, this guy is, you know, a loony bird. Yeah. Well, what do you mean the difference between interview styles? You think they, they interrupted him a lot more for sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you had some of the the research to back up when you did interrupt him to ask him things and said, hey, you know, there's this particular section of the Quran that, uh, that I think you're lying about, that kind of thing. Yeah. No, I don't think he's lying about it. I actually think he's honest. I will say this about the imam. I think he's I, – I respect at the very least – first off, I respect anyone who goes into a, a – territory that's enemy territory he knows this is not necessarily a friendly audience so it doesn't mean i respect the evil ideology he supports um it doesn't mean that i don't recognize that he can be used as a tool of evil uh but i respect that he came in and waded into enemy territory and i respect that he's honest about the quran and muhammad's teachings yeah absolutely i mean i think when you're looking at something like islam you want somebody to be honest because if they're honest it's going to show you how just completely depraved that side of the religion can be 
And, yeah. uh, and that's exactly what our goal is, is to expose people to the truth about Islam. Look, it's not for me or you to say what somebody should believe, and I think you even made this point. But it is our job to say, wait a minute, that's not the truth about Islam. Islam is not a religion of peace. The, the most shocking thing that he said was that he thought that Iraq and Syria were doing it best, and I, I couldn't I, believe it. I know. What fun dip. Now, wait a minute. You just said it's not for you and Stephen to say what somebody should believe. Do you remember the no, last? No, no, no. Do you so remember the last time we you were wanting on? You. Do you remember the last time you were on? You were trying to tell me what I should believe. No, 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 no. He no, was no. trying to tell you what he believed to be right, and hoping that you come along for the ride. He's not going to hang you from the gallows. Well, no, I mean he's not exactly. going to kill me for it. But I'm like, yeah, I don't know. No, no, no. There's a there's a distinct difference from me saying, hey, I really do think the world works this way, and I really want to make sure that you understand my point of view, um, and then saying, hey. Fun dip. Here's the deal. You got to either convert to Christianity, you know, like now, or we're going to take a sword and, you know, a few whacks or so later, you're beheaded. Yeah. That, there's a big difference. Oh well, yeah, that, I mean, there's there's that difference for sure. There's but... a di- well, there's a difference in the spirit. Fun dip. Think about it in love. Okay, think about it this way. If Gerald believes in hell, okay, whether you like it or not, we believe there's a hell. Hey, I've been there. I've played there. <laughs> it's called but Detroit. If, you, if there was a moving, if we thought that there was a moving train that was about to hit you and you were standing on train tracks and we didn't try and get you off the tracks wouldn't that be more offensive to you than us just leaving you there and don't make a suicide joke honest question (laughs) well i mean yeah you're you're trying to save somebody but at the same time most people don't want to be saved from anything they're they tend to want to be finding things on their own yeah, but left to our own devices, how often do we stumble across truth? I mean, I think that's why we have great you know, leaders in all kinds of walks of life that, that help us find truth in different ways. And obviously Christianity, we believe, is truth. So we're going to help each other when you find something. I mean, when's the last time you found like a great hot dog that you loved? You're probably telling every one of your friends, oh my gosh, these kosher hot dogs, they're awesome. You that's know, or a whatever. good point, Fun The dip. Hebrew Nationals, you're going to tell everybody or when you find a coupon somewhere, you immediately run to somebody you know that likes that product. Hey man, guess what I found? That's the nature of what we're talking about, except you're not saving a buck off a hot dog. You're either not going to hell and experiencing great life and, and wonderful, fulfilling life where you're waking up every morning sad with no purpose. Not saying that you do that, but maybe somebody else. Yeah, but if, you, if you're getting involved in the stuff that's going to get you this great afterlife or whatever, you're not having a very fun real life. That is absolutely not true. Guarantee you I have a more fun yeah. real life than you fun. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You've told me about your life. <laughs> What's the ideal of fun? Hooking up with as many random partners as you possibly can. Do you know what kind of destruction that wreaks on people's lives? Or how about how about going and spending all the money you want on anything you want and having the biggest house, the biggest car, private jets? Rich people know that it's not there. That is not where happiness is found. And so what we call a fun life in this world actually leads to the most brokenness that we've ever experienced and the most alone feeling that we've ever had. So I've got to cancel my order for the Learjet. Darn it. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, that'd be great if you could grab that and you be miserable owning it and I not be miserable borrowing it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, got to get back to the... Let's get back to the terrorists. John Travolta was going to fly it for me. Okay. Back to the terrorists. So uh, you said what you thought was most shocking was that he said... ISIS, basically he says Iraq and Syria, are the closest thing to exemplary Sharia law, 
Right. And so he tried to dodge your question a little bit and you kind of brought him back around and and he basically he said he was honest. And I think that's the the big telling thing is that he right. was honest. These are the guys that are doing it the best. Remember what ISIS or ISIL same thing are doing to people. They're literally crucifying Christians just for being Christian. There is no cohabitation like he was talking right. about where you can pay the tax. Not that does not exist. If you're a Christian, you're Although even if, executed. Even if that did exist, it would be completely reprehensible. Yeah, it's reprehensible just to tax someone for being of a different uh, yeah. ideological worldview. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing: eventually, that tax goes away. It's in their in their kind of eschatology, what they believe about kind of the end times. The tax goes away, and at that point, you don't even have a chance to convert. You just die. Right. Even if you're screaming, you know, the the the, the whole deal about oh, I, I believe, I believe. No, sorry, too late. You got to die. Um, when the tax goes away. So it, there's a little bit of double talk there, and I think that's the problem. And also, I want people to listen through. We were talking about this. Anybody with a British accent just sounds smart, believable. Uh, you know, it just kind of sound like they uh, they kind of know what they're talking about. That's the problem, you gotta too. you got to listen through you, that. If you have like a Hannity or O'Reilly or Kelly or anyone like that, and they're talking to someone who has an English accent, right away you're going to seem like the attacker because yeah. – you know, unless we're talking about colonial times where they were always the bad guy. Today, it's kind of like, oh, they're English. They're chipper. <laughs> exactly. Well, and it, it's kind of weird, too, because you're talking to somebody who supports terrorism and you might end up sounding like the attacker. It's just like or he might end up putting kind of me ironic. through the chipper. Um, I, we should probably take a break, Fun Dip, and we'll come back and discuss and analyze more of the verses and direct quotes from this Imam and Jim Jukadari. Not charcuterie. That's a plate. That's a plate of meat that he probably wouldn't even want to uh, to taste. So that was Shutney. incredibly offensive. <laughs> and I'm wildly out of line. Uh, we'll do more of that here on Ladder with Crowder if you stay tuned with us. You crunch for time looking for that perfect Christmas gift. Listen, nobody needs pajama grams or socks. Send them a gift they'd actually like. A nice bottle of wine would be nice, but sometimes that's complicated. That's where Simplified Wine comes in. Just call 844-297-WINE, where a sommelier will take your information, budget, and they will deliver stellar, beautifully packaged wine right to their door. I took care of all my relatives, friends, business associates with just one phone call. Really, it is that simple. By the way, they also have a price match guarantee, so it's not only the easiest way to send a great gift, but the least expensive. All you need to do is call Simplified Wine at 844-297-WINE and they take care of the rest. Don't like phone calls? Just go to SimplifiedWine.com and hit the Simplify button. Call Simplified Wine at 844-297-WINE to have the best wine at the best price delivered straight to their door. Guaranteed. What could possibly be simpler? Call Simplified Wine today. 844-297-WINE. You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham Talk 1600. Thank you very much for being back. Just as we came back, I got an angry email. Some professor saying, I hated your recent article. I'd give it a C if I were grading one of my middle school papers. All right, my okay. article? I wrote something on the website and he was upset. Oh, I thought maybe he was talking about the one that I just mentioned in the current. He'd probably give you a C minus. I don't know. I like to write. Yeah, you like to write, but it doesn't matter if a guy's grading you because he doesn't like your point of view. 
Yeah, that is true. Uh, I've talked to students in high school that uh, they can't write what they want in a paper because the teacher has a different viewpoint. And oh, I think that that's happens wrong. all the time. That's so frustrating. And as frustrating as we think it is in college, try having a different viewpoint under Sharia law, which brings us back to discussing Imam uh, Shakuri with um, my good friend Gerald Morgan. Absolutely. I think the, the name is just going to continue to morph into different versions. I, listen, of, I can't be expected to speak every language. So this, is, <laughs> this is true. That is a bridge too far. There are a few things there that really <laughs> stuck out at you that he yeah. said. What were those? So he, he went into uh, the point about beating your wives um, and if Muhammad did that or not or if the Quran actually called for that. And, you know, obviously when we're talking about terrorism, um, that's that's kind of its own segment. Uh, and then women's rights is a, another huge segment that we talk about a lot in Islam. Um, and he said that it actually didn't call for that, that Muhammad never uh, beat any of his wives when we actually we have proof from their own hadith and also the Quran in two places. And I think you guys were talking about Quran 434. Yeah. Um, but also what you need to understand about the Quran is that Muhammad actually starts out fairly peaceful in the Quran. Right. Um, and doesn't really get militant until about halfway through towards that point and on, on to the end. Isn't so, that kind of where he got burned by some Jews or something? Yeah. He, well, he got burned by his own people, in fact. And right. that's when he started looting, raping, pillaging. I don't know if he did the raping, but the, the people that were following him were doing that. Um, but in the Quran 3844, he also talks about being able to beat somebody. He was telling Job yeah. to beat one of his wives with a uh, tree branch, basically. Um, and then uh, in the Hadith Muslim 4, 2127, and also Hadith uh, Abu Dawood 2141, uh, they talk about it. Among Many, many other places, and and to say, oh well, that's some you know evil she is. The the, the hadith come from the Quran, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's the thing. They're using that as their inspiration. Well, and isn't it, a big reason for for the hadith is that we don't necessarily have the historical context for Muhammad that we have maybe for the Bible. There are more, not even close, more of their accounts. Yeah. So they need the hadith to say, hey, this there actually was some history here, it's sort of designed to provide some historical context, I right? Mean, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, when you have the the Christian Bible, when it was you know, when we was put together, basically right. we had these big meetings where we said, hey, is this a reliable author? Does this jive with what we know to be true based on eyewitness accounts and everything else? That's how the Bible was put together. It wasn't random. The, the Gospel of Thomas and Mary were excluded for very specific reasons. Not so with the Quran. Basically, there were 20-some-odd different versions of the Quran going around hundreds of years later, and they finally brought them together, burned all of them except for one, right? and said, this is now what we believe. And it was not... A debate. It was not. Let's talk and see who is the most reliable writer. It was just like this is this is what we believe. So I think we've got a lot more evidence, obviously, for the Bible than the, than the Quran. But these hadith are going off of that and saying, "Hey, Muhammad was was absolutely cool with this. He said that this was okay." And for him to say that is is kind of a lie. And saying that he pushed Aisha to cause her great pain, I don't know. That that kind of meets the the qualification as a hit. Like he, it's really hard to push somebody and cause them well, great pain. Well, he even said, you know, you must not hit the face. Yeah, avoid the face in other regions. I think they were. Well, I mean, you know, against what groin shots. Does it make? Well. Do you have any? Have you ever seen someone get taken out with a liver shot? Yeah, I could right now put you to the floor with a left hook to the ribs. And I, I pray that you don't. I know. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, that's the thing. It's you know, it's like they're they're uh, they're saying, well, don't Apollo Creed it, but Rocky, work the body, Rock. There you go. They, that's, that's okay. It. That's Sharia. Work the body. Work the body. There Sharia is work the body. And even then, you know, there is no way that he tries. To, there is no way. Here's here's the problem. And you'll even see this with with Muslims all across YouTube. Yeah, I'm looking at you talk Islam and that silly doctor with a really bad beard who also does all of the Islamic apologetics. Um, no, nowhere does it say. Nowhere does it say that you can beat your wife. 
Because what they're saying is nowhere does it say that you can punch them in the face is what they're saying. Right. Because their definition is work the body, you know, do whatever else you want. It's not beating your wife. So we can truthfully say nowhere in the Quran are you allowed to beat your wife because we have a much lower standard of beating your wife. Right. And, and honestly, if you look at the context, it's because she was withholding sex from him. Yeah. So it's not only is it beating your wife, it is beating your wife because she won't fulfill your fantasies to right. the nth degree, whatever those may be. Um, so another another point that you brought up, and I kind of want to move quickly through some of them, um, is that uh, the virgins part, you know, where you get virgins when you go to heaven. He's like, oh, you get many, many things when you when you go to well, paradise. Well, the point to me is, why are virgins ever mentioned? Yeah. Why is a, a, a virgin more valuable in their culture than a woman who may have had sex with somebody and and what does that say about women in their culture that the men are just rewarded with throngs of innocent young virgins yeah there's no culture in history that that's ever been a good thing <laughs> you've never seen like this great democracy of of people that are moving culture along and say oh yeah by the way i get as many virgins as i want what kind of dominating spirit do you really have to have to want nothing but endless lines of virgins because i'm just saying just 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 the brass tacks of it all. That that can't be a good experience. Fundip's telling me right now that he wants the opposite of virgins. Fundip, yeah, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you want well practiced uh, women. He wants ladies with some experience. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that seems to make more sense. Who wants a novice to help you with anything? <laughs> this is that's a point. It's well, not you know about what, though, that. It's, it's a perfect example of um, Islam's view on sex. It's very similar, ironically enough, even though they hate pornography, to modern pornography. It is entirely yeah. about domination yep. and and uh, obj- treating women in ways that are subservient to men sexually. That's not even the Christian the, view of that's what? not even that's not even the kind of like porn that most people i think would want to watch though no it's not but actually if you when when i grew up in montreal you know a lot of muslims i remember a guy a cab driver who i know it's a stereotype but it was true a cab driver who happened to be muslim arabic muslim cut off my dad and my dad <laughs> then decided to go around him and cut him off and my dad yelled out yeah cabbies suck and he came out of his car with his cane threatening my dad and he was telling him that he was he told my dad he was going to bend him over and you know what to him and I said, and I remember saying, I remember saying that would make you gay. My dad's like, shut up, Stephen. And he was, like, my dad just went off on this guy. But his whole insult was that he was going to sexually molest my father because it's that is that is power. That is me dominating you, and that's a big cultural uh, context that a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, no, the the Greeks also did that. They thought that it wasn't it wasn't homosexuality like we think of it. You were actually dominating the other man. Right. I choose not to dominate in that fashion, and uh, I don't know that I would I would really go for that for anybody. No, he chooses to be dominated. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. I definitely understand. So, and and uh, remember, we're talking about the the base core belief here. I don't think we can paint a wide brush and say every Muslim is for that at all, and I don't think we are. Right. But we're saying if you go back to what your book tells you to do. Mm-hmm. That's the basis of what we're talking about. The, that this is in there, and you have to deal with that one way or the other, right? There's there's uncomfortable parts of the Bible. We deal with them just fine. We can talk through them and explain. Them. We're not gonna we're not gonna run away from it. So, um, another one is you know he he said something that floored me in the beginning. Uh, maybe until the ISIS comment, that was the the biggest thing for me. It's like no, it's okay to have disagreement and to talk about these things. And to, I, I was floored. Yeah, I was absolutely floored. Tell that to the guys that were beheaded. On video on YouTube. He was saying it's okay for us to have a disagreement on air, but he doesn't believe that it's okay to have disagreement living under Sharia. So yeah, it, it's, it's very different. They have their set of rules for when they're not in power. Right. 
the big irony too, by the way, with this guy is he's talked about a passport being a fundamental human right. It's a right afforded to you by God through governments yeah. that recognize that there is no fundamental human rights under Islam. They don't exist. Exactly. And that that's what floored me about his comment is because he is advocating for Sharia, but also saying that, no, 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 we can have disagreements. And what he doesn't want you to hear is, but when Sharia is in place and we think that that's what the world should be like, we will no longer be able to have disagreements. So he doesn't believe that right. we can have disagreements. He just believes, well, until Sharia is in place, until we're in power and we're in control, what does that sound like to you? That sounds like a dictator, right? right. It's okay to disagree with me until I'm in power because right. I'm just going to use that to maneuver my way through and get to power. So I just I, I thought that was incredible. And then he said something about Christians and, and Muslims living together peacefully. Uh, that's almost non-existent. You know where that does happen? In free pl- places like Britain uh, and right. in the United States and in Canada, places that or actually Israel. have freedom. Yeah, and Israel, like you said. And he immediately wanted to go to the very small segment that, that they have issues with. Right. Um, and I, I understand the Gaza that. Strip. Strip. And I understand that the conflict. I wasn't talking about the Gaza Strip. I wasn't talking about Palestine. I was talking about Israel. Exactly. Muslims live better in Israel than they do in Palestine. Yeah. Well, the, the thing about this guy is he does not believe in freedom, period. Not freedom of speech, not freedom of expression, freedom of period. Well, Allah forbids it. Yeah, exactly. And so his goal is to institute Sharia law. And I think we exposed uh, really what he thinks Sharia law is best practiced as is what ISIS is doing. So if you, you know, people in Britain, if you want that coming to a theater near you really quickly is Sharia law. Right. And and we'll have Gerald back actually for another segment, but it, it is incredible. It, everything you need to know from a guy who's an imam, not by the way, that crazy radical, Iraq and Syria are the exemplary report cards for how the world should be governed. We'll talk more about that and uh, quoting directly from the Quran here on Ladder with Crowder. Stay tuned. We're back with my good friend, Gerald Morgan, in studio, analyzing the first hour, which was kind of trippy to have an imam on who supports Sharia law and terrorism. Yeah. What's funny, see, here's a great example, right? He would say supports terrorism, and he would say, I never support terrorism. Will you support ISIS? Well, ISIS is, and he would never say, no, he does support ISIS. So it's the same thing with Muslims, say, who may not be a terrorist supporter like him, but they say, well, we don't support abuse of our women. But punching a woman in the gut or shoving her down is not abuse of women. Yeah. It's very sli- it's very kind of greasy. Yeah, it is. And you have to tie some of the other comments together. He actually said the leader of ISIS, uh, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, is, uh, he said he is the prince of believers. Right. right? So this guy definitely supports it. How would you like when he said ISIS disbanded in June right. of 2014? Really? Yeah. You're trying to make people think it doesn't exist anymore and that that's just the state of affairs. It is a of, <laughs> of your imagination. Exactly. It's like Kaiser Soze. He just... And he's gone. It's, yeah, it's, dip. it's like the Eagles. They just keep getting back together again for another tour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, and you've heard this quote before. The greatest trick the devil ever played on, on humanity was convincing them that he didn't exist. And I was, that's immediately what popped into my mind when he said they don't exist anymore. I'm like, no, they do. Well, the funny thing is they, 
ISIS hasn't convinced anyone but him that they don't exist. Well, I think he's it's really a play. He's uh, lying. He's yeah, he's, he's I think he's definitely lying there, but it's here's the thing in uh, in Sharia law it's okay to lie to non-believers by the way. Exactly. FYI. That's something people don't understand. It's actually commanded to yes. lie to non-believers. Maybe he was really really confused and he was talking about the fact that the TV show that was the spin-off from Shazam was canceled in the 70s. He's having a trip from back when he used to drink? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. He's like, I haven't seen that show ISIS in about 30 years. <laughs> I don't know that there's anyone alive who got that joke. Uh, <laughs> How could you? Well, you guys weren't born yet, were you? That's, that's very true. It was we a, were not it was born a, It was a Saturday morning live action superhero show, and this woman was ISIS, and she... It was a spinoff of Shazam. So she had like this white dress on and then this. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Shut up, Fundip. You didn't chime in at all, I just realized. I had a terrorist on the line who was basically <laughs> alluding to my imminent demise. And you didn't say a word. You didn't come to my defense at any point. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fundip's findable. <laughs> we, we know where Fundip's Yeah, are. you can find me really easily. That's <laughs> Uh, uh, well, there was something really quick, and I know we don't have a whole lot of time uh, that I wanted to go, and it's really, it really makes a lot of sense to talk about it today, the day after we have kind of the big pro-life uh, marches and, and really a big, right. big day on uh, on abortion. He's actually said that the black flag of jihad will be flying over um, England, basically, uh, by 2020, right? So that's not too far off now, that, that, right. that prophecy that he made uh, to coming true. And he said, specifically right after that, Muslim families in Britain are having 10 kids at a time, like not obviously at once, but they're having 10 kids. There's a really interesting video out there that talks about how much of a birth rate you have to have to sustain a culture, not necessarily a country, but a cultural ideology uh, to be able to sustain it. And Muslims are outbreeding us. So over here in the United States, what we're doing is we're literally killing 50 plus million of our babies. Instead, right. so to propagate our culture, we're killing as many babies as we possibly can. It seems through abortion, M- most what, of them black, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what abortion was. You know, what Planned Parenthood was started for, basically. Yeah, if you look um, at Sanger, a history of yep. eugenics. And big irony is Muslims actually would share a lot of the social Christian values as far as being pro-life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then you look at Germany, another country. They said actually the the very high-ranking official in Germany, and I can't remember who it was at the time of the video about 2008, said that that Germany will be mostly comprised of Muslims by, I believe, the year 2050 is what they said. So a little bit further out than that. Yeah. Um, but just a very interesting point right after we have this big prolapse. So why is it important that we not kill generations of Americans? At least one minor reason would be that we do want to propagate our culture, at least here, <laughs> as much yeah. as we possibly can, and not just get rid of people. Well, you know, he talked about how the black flag of jihad will fly over Britain. Yeah. I mean... When someone feels the need to specify black flag, nothing good comes from a black flag. Never. When do you maybe... Well, I kind of liked the band Black Flag. That was pretty cool back in the day. Black Flag was a terrible band. No, they had like two or three really cool songs and probably a dozen adequate ones. Black Flag <laughs> was Henry Rollins, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, who's also a big liberal who's a smart guy but ignorant. But the point is, at what point do you step back and go, huh... Beaten women were crucified. We're the only people still crucifying, and our flag is black. 
maybe we're maybe we're on the wrong side of of history here. It's a little ominous, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you know, the black like, flag. It wouldn't be like, hey, the the colorful the uh, the the royal blue flag of jihad is coming to a <laughs> theater near you. The black flag will rise. Yeah, exactly. No, and then they say they want that in the United States as well. And so you have to look at the face of uh, of Islam. The, they know that they can only get so far with war. They can they can they can cause us serious problems, obviously, and, and kind of shake us to the right. core with their big terrorist attacks. By the way, huge proponent of the September 11th attacks. That's another thing. Oh, this guy, yeah, he the calls him the, yeah. the Magnificent, was it 19? Magnificent 19, yeah. Magnificent 19. What, so he, he definitely is a supporter of them attacking well, and see, our culture. So just so when you read this on YouTube or comments or you see, you'll have a bunch of Muslims spamming saying, we don't support terrorism. Well, this guy would say, I don't support terrorism, and he calls the 9-11 ha- hijackers the Magnificent 19 because they don't see that as terrorism. So even if you go to the Quran Challenge, I'll put a link here. Even if you go to my other Islamic videos where people say, we don't support the beating of women. Well, really, to you, beating is only hitting in the face. So that's how they slip out of that one. You say, we don't support terrorism, but to you, jihad isn't terrorism. You say, well, of course everyone can disagree. We, we support freedom of speech. No, you don't. You only support freedom of speech for Muslims. So they can say, we actually believe this, but it's, they're using an entirely different definition of the word. Absolutely. And you gave him the opportunity to come out and say, I condemn the Paris shootings, right? Right. You remember the, the graphic picture of the cop that was laying on the ground begging for his life not yeah. to be shot? How did they know he wasn't Muslim? Yeah. How did they know that he was a non-believer? They didn't take the time to ask, obviously. Right, so wouldn't that be a crime? Okay, so maybe it's there. It's not a crime for them to do that in their Sharia law to protect right. the honor of the Prophet. But how did they know some of the innocent people that were killed weren't Muslims? Wouldn't it be a crime against a Muslim if you did that? Right, I would think so. The point is they're not going to take time to discriminate. So when they say they will, oh, this is only against non-Muslims, even if you give them that point, which is ridiculous, that's not even true. Then, well, the big point that he even made, he said there are no innocent non-Muslims. Right. Now, that is taken straight from the Quran, yep. taken straight from Muhammad. People don't understand that. Nothing is terrorism if all non-Muslims are not innocent. It's important to note that, according to Muhammad and the Quran, and this gentleman reiterated it, all non-Muslims, by definition, cannot be innocent. That's so key. Yeah, and you can do pretty much whatever you want. It's a license. Exactly. Would you like to live in that neighborhood? It's a really a license for your neighbor to do whatever he wants to you at any time. Take your property. Sure. Beat your wife. Right. Kill you. Do whatever he wants. Is that the kind of neighbor you want? Right. <laughs> Is that even the kind of house you want? Even if he's a nice Muslim who wouldn't do that. Um, the fact that he still can is the problem. Yeah. You might have a nice Muslim like, ah, hey, Ralph, I'm not going to beat your wife, yeah. Ralph. But he can under Sharia. He can take your property. Exactly. He can, uh, uh, you know, they can take away your, your right to vote. They can do whatever they want with you. And it's, it's amazing that we have someone like this who has a platform who's actually pretty mainstream compared to the laws of most Muslim Arabic countries. It's important to note this guy's not an extremist. Compared to the laws of the Muslim Arab, uh, the the Muslim Arab world, you're yeah. talking about a population of over 900 million people who believe what this guy believes. Yeah, very much so. And so that's that's just normal for him. And that's the problem. They want that kind of normalcy throughout the entire world. And they say that that will be a more peaceful world. Hasn't every dictator in the history of the world said the world will be a better place when I rule everything? Right, because I'm a good dictator. Has any dictator ever done that? Even Anakin Skywalker said that in Attack of the Clones. Damn it, fun dip. <laughs> of course it's Star Wars. Of course. I can't believe you. You should be ashamed of yourself. But, but it's true. But it's they true. end up killing millions of people. 
What was that fun? Dip? It's totally true. I mean, that's a perfect example. Granted, it's a fictional example, but it, it he becomes Darth Vader because he thinks he's doing the right thing. Exactly. Anytime you're trying to do the right thing by taking away other people's rights because they don't have the ability to protect themselves with those rights, you're doing the wrong thing. People have a right to freedom. That's what it's we believe in It's not even court. about ISIS beheading people. It's about this guy's not beheading anyone. This guy's just as corrosive to the fabric of humanity by believing that people don't deserve those rights unless they're Muslim. Listen, I'm a Christian. Okay, I'm open about it. I'm a, I, and by the way, I disagree with a lot of Christians on a lot of theology. I'm a Christian, and I believe that if you are a Muslim, if you are an atheist, if you are a Hindu, if you're a Buddhist, you deserve every single luxury and right in the United States that I do as a Christian. There is no other religion, none, that expressly outlines rights for followers of their religion and then everybody else. It's the only one. Yeah, absolutely. Is it any surprise to us that we see kind of the fanaticism and the extremism that comes out of that? And I think that's probably part of the, the reason that, you know, 5 to 10% are actual, actually involved in some form of terrorism. Right. Right. That it's because it's not a crime if it's against non-Muslims. It's, it's just insane. Absolutely. Uh, Gerald, where can people find you to learn more? At G Morgan Jr. G-M-O-R-G-A-N-J-R. On Twitter. A brilliant guy. We always love having him as a guest. And uh, we're sorry it was in the wake of a terrorist supporter. But we'll have you back. Lotto with Crowder. Stay tuned. And we'll wrap this all up in a nice bow for you. Glad to be back, even though I had no idea I was coming back. But you're the you're the worst fun dip. I'm the worst fun dip. I'm the only fun dip. Yeah, but you're still the worst fun dip. If we could find any other fun dips, you would be dead last. <laughs> well, my son considers himself Fun Dip Junior. Does he? Oh yeah, yeah. Does he actually want to be called Fun Dip now? He still wears the costume that I had at Halloween. That's funny. That's cute. So does your son listen to the show at all? No, no. He's uh, he's uh, definitely controlled uh, in his listening by mom. By mom? You should get him listening to the show. Does he have Does he have an iPhone? He's six. A lot of these kids have iPads and iPhones. He has access to my wife's iPhone, but we're not going to give him his own. Well, I'm just saying he could get the podcast on there. He's more interested in Minecraft than podcast. Oh, that thing makes no sense to me, Minecraft. I don't understand it. It's kids. It's like digital Lego, and then you break all the Legos. Yeah, I don't get it either. This is actually a fascina- fascination of mine. A big thing on YouTube, because you know I'm on YouTube and have a pretty decent uh, viewership, subscribership there, but the biggest channels are just kids who videotape themselves playing video games. He watches that stuff all the time. I'm like, what are you doing? Play the thing yourself. Don't sit there like a moron watching two other idiots play a video game for nine hours. It's, it's, bad, what, it's bad enough to see the kid playing it, but, but to see the kid just sitting there watching somebody play it, I just want to throw something at him. I don't understand it because when we played two-player games growing up, you know, where it's like take your turn in Mario or something like that. You know, you had combat games like Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat where you would fight each other. It was interactive. You'd talk trash. But the games where you would have to take 
different turns, it was always pretty boring to watch someone else playing it. You weren't oh, going, yeah. I'm excited to watch this guy go through, you know, the, the lava level in Super Mario World. And now it, they'd rather, it's like they'd rather read the instruction manual to the game than actually play the game. Yeah, it's it's all about just, to me, it reminds me of all these idiots that watch professional sports on TV or college sports. You're just sitting there watching other guys roll around on the ground with other guys chasing a poorly inflated ball than some other thing. I, You know, I've said that exact same thing, and people got so mad at me when I said, if you are a grown man, never wear another man's name across your back. Because if you would rather be, if you would rather be him, your wife would rather be with him. They're like, no, man, it's a way of showing support. It's like, wh- what, have you been pinned with his high school ring? <laughs> it's just really bizarre to me. Well, I mean, I've got shirts with the Beatles on it, but it's a band. I mean, you're not going to go around with, you know, Paul's name on my back just because hey, it says hey, Paul. And if the if the Beatles have a good tour, you're not going to say, man, we had a great tour this season. Yeah, you don't you don't say we for your, oh, man, I went to this, you know, Robert Plant concert, and we did a great job. But they let you sit in? No, I was in the audience, but I'm just calling it we. Did you adjust his amps? No, we. You, you with football, you sat on the couch eating pretzels and ring dings. No combination of snack foods would have had an effect on the outcome of the game. And I don't understand. We, 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 we. We, we, we. We're going to offend a lot of French people. people a lot of no, you, you just don't like the football. You just don't. You're un-American. I don't like any sports. Yeah, the only sports I do like are combat sports, and, I, and I've argued this before. The reason why is – let me, let me explain this to you. If you're watching a football game, okay. okay, if you're watching a basketball game, and a fight breaks out in the stands, the cameras, the national sports network cameras, will stop videotaping that game and pan to the fight in the stands. Because the only reason that ball has any value – the only reason that end zone, that hoop is of any value is because we give it that value in these f- sort of fake rules of a game that we create. A punch to the face is universal, and somebody winning a fight is of intrinsic value across any culture or species. That's a fascinating thing, you violent man. <laughs> it's true, though. Think about it for a second. You, there's, okay. So, if like, you, when when I got my nose broken by a misunderstanding in high school, there was value in that? Well, I'm saying everyone – put it this way. If there was a misunderstanding in high school and the guy dunked on you, no one would have been talking about it. But if the guy not, punched you and broke your nose, everyone was talking about it because they understand, wow, you know, that kid, that kid got clocked. Oh, this okay. is the alpha. You're not the alpha by dunking a basketball. You 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 know you're you're not dominating anybody by being. But an they endo. think they are the 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 typical football guy. Oh, yeah. thinks he's the alpha because he can run along with some synthetic pigskin. And I think I have a lot of respect for it. Uh, Gerald's still in studio and he's furious. You know he played football at Notre Dame. I have he, a lot of respect, but he seems like a decent guy. No, he is a decent guy, and he actually played the sport. You know, he's not just a cheerleader. How could that be? What do you mean? How can oh, you be okay. a decent guy and having and and have played football? I played football. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I played well, football in high. You're from Canada. When you played football, it was soccer. I well, I played football in junior high and we won provincials. So it's like winning state, only there are only 12 provinces, so even a bigger deal. And I was like, "Eh, 
<laughs> and my but, dad said it doesn't get better, so but just was quit. your was your football soccer though? No, no, it was actual football. Okay, so in Canada they still call soccer soccer and football football. Yeah, they still do. Then we have Canadian football. It's a, bit, a little bit of a different rule system. You know, I played hockey, I played football, but I was mainly you know I did judo, and I, I still to this day. You know, God willing, with some of the injuries I have, I grapple and wrestle. I am really good at Connect Four. You're very good at Connect Four. <laughs> yep. You're, are you competitive? Do you talk trash? Oh, yeah. I'm like, my checker is going to knock that thing, and we're going to have four in a row, and boom, we're going to rock. You know what? Course, if I'm we play- taught you I'm how to throw. I'm playing against a six-year-old. So. If we taught you how to throw a punch properly, I mean, listen, you have enough weight that you could you could be very effective. <laughs> No, yeah, just I'm throw, throw myself at him, just land on him. Pretty much, yeah. That's what a punch is: is basically throwing all of your body weight behind, you know, these few inches, these three inches there on your knuckles. That's a, it's a weight of. You're not just. It's not an arm punch. Yeah, you're you gotta your hips bring it in your torso. Yeah, and and rotate the hand this way. As yeah, through. you yeah. might be able to really just find out that you're like a butter bean well, boxer. Now, when I when I took karate and when I took judo as a kid, it didn't work out very well. You probably did it to yellow belt or something. You probably never made it very far. Well, yeah, because it didn't work out very well. The judo class, I think I lasted two weeks. The teacher flipped me and threw me on the ground, and I said, the hell with this, Mom. The teacher's beating me up. And then in karate class, I mean, all I... Have I, you ever overcome a challenge in your life? or if you just Yes, quit? I can play Bernadette on the bass. Okay, that's true. And that's, that's a true. Motown tune. Have you ever overcome a physical challenge that was uncomfortable? Um, I, <laughs> um, One judo throw and you quit. I cut my nails last week on my feet. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you, fun dip. Now that was Good a physical you. challenge for a fat guy. No, but I agree with you on the football thing, and I do think I I do think combat sports are more interesting because there's a story, it's unique, and there's no one else to blame. I, I for me, it's the same reason stand up comedy is is such a pure form of entertainment because when I go up and I do stand up, if I fail, I know I've failed. There's no bassist, there's no drummer, there's no guy tuning the amps. I wasn't funny, and in combat, if you lose that fight, it's because you were ill prepared and you lost. There was no one else in the team to blame. There's no rule call. You just weren't the better man, and um, I mean, now, I what think if that's it's the way hand, I, I live my hand, life. I live. What if it's hand to hand combat and the guy takes out like a a scythe or something? Yeah, well, then I would use that as an excuse for the rest of my life. I'd be like, I would have beaten him if not for the scythe. Oh, okay. Living my glory days, like uh, uh, what was that? Uh, married with children, or, the, or the, the other guy from uh, from Karate Kid? You know, they. they oh yeah. He, yeah. He, Get him a body bag. Yeah. <laughs> That guy was so kid. annoying. I know. That whole movie was just really bad when you go back and look at it. But Elizabeth Shue was scrumptious. Mm. She still looks good. She's doing all the Hallmark films, though, now. Yeah. Well, we have to wrap this up for you. We had a terrorist on today, Superman, Dean Kane, and then we analyzed our conversation with the terrorist supporter. Oh, quite- Speaking of Superman, Dean Kane, you know what? Uh, you guys talked about whether or not. Please don't make me end on this. Superman could eat. And Superman in the Superman the movie, he said he eats when he's hungry. Yeah, I know. There are different versions of Superman. And like you said, it's it's complete BS like the Quran because it depends on who's interpreting it on that day. But we did. We had a, a would-be terrorist sympathizer, well, an actual terrorist sympathizer, Superman. And uh, it's been a great show. It's been very fun. I hope you enjoy this and have seen how different it is from typical news where we try and actually let different points of views get expressed, where we let you hear both sides to the story. 
and make up your own mind. Um, that's all we can do as as journalists. That's all we can do with news. I don't care if someone is civil. I don't care. I would have Hitler on the show if I had to. I want you to be able to hear as much information as possible and make your own decisions. Do I have an opinion? Absolutely. And I don't lie about it. I don't care if you're, you're left, if you're right, if you're Muslim, if you're Christian, if you're Jewish, if you're civil, if you're not. Just don't lie to me. Keep it honest. Louder with Crowder. Hey, this is Steven Crowder with Louder with Crowder to tell you about one of my favorite sites on the web, AR15.com. I know you hear AR15 say, isn't that the scary black rifle? It is, but AR15.com is actually the best website if you want a community from which to learn about how to care for your gun, gun safety, where to find concealed permits, courses, as well as the best online gun store in the business. I'm talking ammo, accessories, upgrades, all of it can be found at AR15.com. That's AR15.com. If you're anything like me, you enjoy a good glass of wine. But finding the right kind can be a hassle. Or maybe you want to buy a nice bottle as a gift but don't know where to start. That's where Simplified Wine comes in. Simplified Wine makes buying good wine simple. Just call 844-297-WINE, where a qualified sommelier will take your information budget, send you a curated list, and then wine straight to your door. It's just that simple. By the way, they also have a price match guarantee, so it's not only the easiest way to get great wine, but the least expensive. All you do is call Simplified Wine at 844-297-WINE. That's 844-297-WINE. Or don't like phone calls, you can just go to SimplifiedWine.com and hit the Simplify button. Same thing, just digital. Any wine you want, they can get. Just call Simplified Wine at 844-297-WINE to have the best wine at the best price delivered straight to your door. Guaranteed. What could possibly be simpler? Call Simplified Wine today. 844-297-WINE. 844-297-WINE. 